What's going on, everybody? Cali Death Podcast back once again, episode 142. I am your host, Anthony Trapani. I'm back in the slums of South City Industrial Area. Uh, rats crawling through the walls and shit. But I'm here with you guys still. It's another Thursday night, and uh, I am joined by the resident homies. I got Casey Howard and Joseph K., the professor, with me tonight. What up, guys? Yo. Hi, Anthony. We will, see, we will see the gorilla man himself, Joel Horner, later on. But tonight we are joined by uh, Sanja and Noni from Wormhole. What up, dudes? Well, Yo, what up? Yo. Nice to have you guys on tonight, no doubt. And uh, we will definitely get into you guys soon. Let's uh, do some plugs real quick. Battleforgecoffee.com is where... Go we get our coffee, and you should get your coffee there, too. It's our homies in uh, Deeds of Flesh, and they got swag. They got all this good shit over there. Support the homies. Coffee. It's super strong. We'll get you launched. Get you launched, dude, and that's what we're all looking for when we drink our coffee, no doubt. And also, we got calidefpodcast.bigcartel.com. A couple of t-shirts there. We had some live baggings last week. That was pretty rad. Actually, Joseph looks semi busy all episode. There was a few packages that were done up. But if you're uh, watching this uh, live on Twitch right now, you can yes. put in an order and watch Joseph work. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd like to just admit to being a dork, I'm wearing the Cali Death shirt. Hell yeah. Yeah, that's what's up, dude. I still don't own first, one. First reveal. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's uh, that's literally the only way you can give us money at the moment if you want to give us money that money will go back into more merch other cool ideas but we got yeah two different designs in there support the show if you want to that way um we do it live on twitch every thursday if you don't subscribe on that please do and then youtube friday is when the video goes up subscribe there if you haven't also social media blah 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 generator rehearsal studios Get that, get your uh, get your jam on down there in SoCal at that Ocean spot, Side, California. Can I can I uh, uh, mention that this is probably the first time? Don't ever that... ask me. Just fucking do it, dude. I mean, come on, you're the fucking professor, yeah, bro. Don't interrupt yeah. him, Joseph. Well, <laughs> no, I'm saying interrupt me and fucking say what you need to say. Oh, obviously. <laughs> well, I I'm just stoked that I see three different. To violently vomit uh, merch items on the screen. There's uh, no way, really? on the back there. There's Casey's hat, and Who's then there? there's on the fucking Chicago Domination Fest Seven flag. I'm feeling heavily represented right now. There, <laughs> yeah. I talked to Diego today on the phone, dude. I was at Trader Joe's, and I was like, "What up?" He's like, "What up, man?" Like, dude, I have a quick singing, question. Singing with Von Stofi tonight. I was like, "What?" Yeah, so, dude. Man, Big big moves. Yep. So j just since you brought that up, um, I saw a flyer for the actual disgorge. Now, how does that work? Is that you real, did. or was that like an old flyer that Diego put up and I didn't look at the date? Yeah, that was uh, that oh, was like okay. a shared memory. That was like 2014. Or I, I I was just uh, scrolling by and I I was like, wait, gotcha, gotcha. a flyer with the actual disgorge logo. Like, did I not? So hear about something? Nah, you, I want to pivot from that into 
is Disgorge the OG tech slam band? Or I would say yes. I would I say ask, at least to my knowledge. I want to get straight into it with you guys because you guys are tech slam. You guys are something different from previous brutal death metal that has tech and slam. But there are previous brutal death metal bands with a lot of tech and slam. So I want to get your guys' views on. I, I kind of have a spiel on this, actually. Yeah, let's, that let's, I've, let's do it. I've, I want to say it's rehearsed, but I've done it more than once. Okay. I, I say this all the time. I say, Wormhole invented tech slam, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and like, I mean, I, I'm really, I'm just saying shit, but all right, there's some truth to it. Okay. It's definitely no secret that you have bands that are technical and slamming. Like the most iconic one, I think to a lot of people is like defeated sanity right that's like hard as shit to fucking play on like every instrument uh techie and very slammy um and yeah disforge definitely did it before and there's like other bands have have, have been doing it. i mean somebody can argue that like deeds of flesh borders on tech slam at times mm -hmm. they have you know or severed savior even what okay. up but but here, here's what I'm saying about, about Wormhole being invented tech slam. I don't know any other band that combines like like melodic tech stuff, like big influences like Necrophagist on, on our shit. I don't hear a lot of that shit mixed with slam. Like mm -hmm. I don't I don't I don't hear people doing like like melodic as fuck to heavy as fuck but like with the same finesse that a band like disgorge or defeated sanity does you know transitioning their sections so mm. our mm. brand of tech slam okay. is like definitely I, uh, different than uh so I, I that's why i think connection can you okay yeah. can you guys hear me um, um yeah genres well by the way i'm hearing myself in the background of something probably uh the kumar house it might be uh, the speakers um do you guys have i lowered my shit a little bit i'm i'm over i mean and this i'm not trying to like come at this aggressively but i'm just so over this conversation you know like <laughs> in, in reality like it's all been done guys like it's all been done like nothing can be invented at least in our genre i really think that like we've scoured the lands of of extreme metal and we've found I, I would love for somebody to come back and be like i found a new relic or artifact that totally changes the game but really it's like we're we only have like a finite amount of resources that we're pulling from and how you know however you make the ratios of the things or you make the you know the recipe of your your specific band one if it feels unique to you continue because that's really the the um sensation that we're going for is making something unique but it really is hard to say and and i'm not just speaking on what you you guys are saying right now and i'm not pointing at fingers directly at you guys but saying i'm the inventor of something it's just like it, it's already been invented all these things you know it's like you're just yeah, taking like, two invent the, yeah. the the 
the uh, metaphor, if I was to go with your metaphor, it would be like I'm taking two inventions and just putting them two different inventions that haven't really been put together yeah. cleanly. And uh, yeah, you know, it's, so like I, I, it's like I invented the blast beat. I mean, everyone knows that. <laughs> and actually, it's so funny no, because like I hear the blast beat on like early, blast. an early Zappa record, too. And I'm no, like, that's way before the fucking death metal. 86, was even in. 87. No, it was like the mothers, dude. There's a song no, I'm talking on, about Sandoval uh, invented the blast. The blast oh, yeah, the traditional. Blast. Yeah, but, but yeah, uh, dude, so that's what I'm saying, and and I know that that it's all subjective and all this type of stuff, and I'm not trying to be a contrarian to anything that's being said right now, but I, that's where I sit when I hear, you know, I don't, I don't know, I I don't well, really, you know, where the I mean, okay, tech tech. It's okay. The story about the tech slam thing is uh, like, I mean, I'm aware that uh, wormhole is just brutal death metal or wormhole is just tech death from whatever angle you look at it. Mm -hmm. um, but branding, baby. <laughs> yeah, dude. No doubt. So that's the whole point of the wormhole invented tech slam is pure branding. Oh, yeah. We're having the conversation right now. So it already worked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I. I, I like to think that uh, you guys did invent Tech Slam. I'm going with that. Um, I also like to think that there's tech and there's slam in previous bands. And what you did was like distill something that was in Brutal Death Metal, two things in Brutal Death Metal, and you purified them mm -hmm. and, then, and then combined them. All right. And so I, I, I guess the inventing is maybe nothing more than combining those distilled elements. But then the new thing is that you guys are now inventing like disotech slam or like every record, every song on okay. the new album is like some other third thing added to those two, which I can say I've listened to the new record. And so I don't okay, know. Okay. All right. Hold on. Let's hold hear, on. Let's so so I, I like this whole conversation. I think we need to go deeper here. I want to kind of take a step back for a second and go, okay, let's just like have a conversation about slam because like I kind of, I'm like an old school, I'm the only 40 year old on the podcast. And uh, <laughs> for me, like I've heard that term thrown around, but we never used that term to describe Discourage back in, you know, 2000, seeing them live, whatever, I don't know, 17, shit like that. Like I was just like, slam wasn't like a word that we used in it, but I understand I've heard it applied like, so being the old guy like for me i've heard it applied to like like east coast like or even like suffocation or something bands like that back in the day it was like oh yeah the, the, the you know the heart it was the different than hardcore the, the slam kind of shit and then like yeah you know back in my day so I, but what i want to do is make this an educational experience for all of our listeners who like maybe you're like me or just like, wait, everything's slam all of a sudden. Like, I don't know. Like I, I missed the boat for a second. So I just want to take a step back and I, I want you guys to talk. I just want to pull it back and be like, okay. So like Matt Satello from Decrepit Birth was on our podcast, you know, recently. And he brought up the idea of like, Oh, maybe I want to add more slam elements to like new decrepit stuff. Talk about analepsy. I was like on lunch at work oh. one day and I kind of put on analepsy. I was like, what's this band? It's a great name. And then like <laughs> I put on like one of their newest album and it to me sounded like it had kind of what you were talking about, like, like some shredding guitar da, 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 then like slam stuff, but not like how you guys, you guys are like a different way, but I don't know. I, I'm so ignorant to this whole thing, but 
I mean, and then of course there's like the devourment stuff. Is that slam? I don't understand. Like, so just walk us through, like, let's just start from the beginning here. Cause I'm a little bit confused and I want to understand it all. I want to understand. I've, the slam. I've thought about this a lot, uh, in the shower and, uh, <laughs> nice. Just yeah, we're driving a lot of our good thinking. Uh, to me, there are, uh, I want to say four different like eras in slam. Right. Uh, I'm going to take you through all four of them. Uh, so uh, I think it starts with Liege of Inner Varsity. In Veracity. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. And so, uh, so that has the first slam riff in it, right? And then I think the East Coast bands that you were talking about, like internal bleeding and stuff, they kind of took that and ran with it a little bit, but it didn't. Mm -hmm. I don't think it really became uh, this genre defining thing until uh, Devourment. Mm -hmm. And I feel like when uh, 138 and Baby Killer's out on there, uh, I feel like that's the. Uh, when someone says, like, you know, classic slam, pure slam, it's like, that's the model. For that's it. what we think too, Baby Killer. <laughs> you know, Baby yeah, Killer is literally. Yeah. That song right there is like, that was the that I always say that's the like the seed. Yeah, I feel like every uh slam song since then is the guitar parts are more or less a reinterpretation of that one, that mm -hmm. song. I mean, I, yeah, obviously it's Liege is the seed, but like the seeds starting to sprout with the devourment, and then we really start to see what the plant's gonna be with devourments, baby killer. Uh, and then I think I should do, yeah. Uh, the next one to change the game was uh abominable putridity mm -hmm. and that's uh i think when you had the lines were blurred a little bit and uh i think that's when everybody started to kind of take it and run with it and then you had like so what about wormed because i would say wormed is pre-abominable mm. i don't know if they have just the like caveman style slam riffs that are like true slam the the their 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 og shit was pretty uh that um, first record had some slam nasty. Shit. yeah, yeah. Planet I, know, I was called i was called wormed like math slam like mm -hmm. oh man that's so cool <laughs> or like dripping I, by the Dripping's way another... i love wormed dude yeah me uh -huh. too Dripping is so sick. Yeah, dripping yeah. is hell is sick. Dude, we used to blast that shit. Fucking love that, that album. Blow up my speakers with those. Eight Can't even albums. remember what it's called because there's it's a whole sentence. <laughs> dripping is so good. So funny. That yeah. So that me. okay. So there, that's I I I think that already and and you guys are going to continue. Okay. But I just want I just got to get this out of my mind. Um, at those times, there's much more blurred lines between these you know separate ways of playing this style of music and i think that that that's to go on what i was saying earlier i think what we're trying what we're doing now is we're finding we're cracking the codes of of blending these genres that weren't successfully blended 
in the past now dudes like wormhole and all these other bands are cracking the code of being able to blend these things but you guys were in the middle of something so i'm going to shut up now and you guys keep going i think we're talking about OG, uh origination yeah so you're on like the second wave of your guys's slam yeah. i think you got four third. parts that was the third uh, yeah last one is analepsy to me yeah, yeah. after that everybody was doing uh the super punchy thing mm -hmm. um but yeah those are my four uh slam eras <laughs> so i think i think with abominable for sure you get more like of a marketing kind of thing where like you get the more colorful designs you get like the hats i always you know associate the 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 sort of like uniform of slam with with abominable and I think there's a bit more of like a swagger there that might have appealed more to people who weren't into like brutal death or or old school death, but they're like, oh, I like can bob my head to this. They might be more into like hip hop otherwise or something. That's just like I'm just speculating. I think mm -hmm. Abominable to me was like the first successful hi-fi slam album. And there's the hi-fi element. There you go. Because like, yeah. yo, that that okay. I mean, the remix is great, but that original mix of Abominable like from 2012 not from 2015 mm. that shit was perfect like i'd never heard never heard anything like that at the at the time in like a death metal scenario yeah like that was like gent high like level production but on brutal death metal so it was crazy i i heard a rumor that the guitars are not played in the way that normal guitars are tracked for records. I don't know if you know anything about how that record was created, but it definitely I, I've sounds had like punches that they were like single, yeah, like note by note. It sounds like it's note by note. It sounds like it's just like kind of plug and chugged, kind of put them in but, the grid. Yeah. But like, I don't know. It's like it slam works. riff. So it's yeah, like, it it's not like, <laughs> it's not like you can't play it, you know? I, I mean, I hope, <laughs> I hope. But uh, yeah, like looking at that, like that you know that was probably just like an artistic decision and i think it really it really helped um mm. make a lot of the stuff that's usually muddy in slam like uh crisp and really really cool yeah they had like some pretty techy shit in there yeah, yeah. that that sounds super clean but yeah the original mix from 2012 not from 2015 that og one another level isn't that funny how the first mix of anything that you come across and love, if it kind of, if most of the time, if somebody tries yeah, to remix it, even though certain things might be better about it, you're always going to be like, you know, that fucking other mix yeah. is just because it's it it embeds itself in you, you know. Yeah, especially when it's it, such an iconic, like the music, super iconic. That mix is going to be iconic with it. Right. And, and, you know, like Death's Human, I'd love to hear Steve higher in the mix. But at the same time, I have a nostalgic connection to the original way I heard it, you know? Oh, yeah. for sure. It's hard to break away from that. Yeah. Yeah. And that does, I, I think most remix attempts are like at least underwhelming, if not mm -hmm. fully unsuccessful. But then there are a few like gems where you're just like so happy to hear a remix, like, uh, death's human remix so that you can hear the bass is the main example i, I thought had. the traced and air remix was good the traced and air remix that, uh, is amazingly better yeah action remix. yeah 
the onset i actually don't remember the difference i've not heard that, how those two sound actually. yeah yeah i said cool. most that is a good yeah. example of the trace and they're bringing it can work but it's hard to pull alone way up well he retracted for that record actually <clears throat> it's mainly the oh, drums that just sound yeah. so much yeah. better yeah it's yeah it's, that one's great yeah it's hard to get over the the no death growls on it but i guess but they're few and far between on that album anyways you know but you've heard them in places that you're expecting them and then they don't come yeah yeah i don't miss them really on that (laughs) actually i don't either (laughs) sorry shout out to mom you're still a rad dude oh yeah there's a lot of uh other remixes that are just or the the weird ones were the, the morbid angels remixes and they say like full dynamic range and I, it just sounds exactly the same to me i don't know what <laughs> the hell yeah yeah I, it's like it's like there's like instead of 20k there's like 20 001k hertz in there instead or something it's like, like, like it's an improvement dude Some fucking ride symbols like kind of cool that it's that similar you're like what yeah. am i what's what did i yeah if there was going to be a, a a like record you would want remixed i would actually argue the uh Planisferium by Wormed. I love the original sound, but I would like to hear a remix to see if they could control yeah. the guitars a little more. Yeah. I did like the shitty sounds of that, mm-hmm. but uh yeah, I also I also wonder. I also wonder. Of, of course they've just nailed it on production ever since then, so you kind of just now that you know what they could sound like what they do sound like now, you kind of want to hear that a little bit into the old stuff but again like you i love the the, the trashiness of it so. i do there's something that that trashiness is actually the okay to bring it back to what we were talking about that trashiness to me is the added element to a lot of the slam bands that i like you know like mm-hmm. sect of execration that that ep is just so filthy and nasty but everything's still just right there in your face to and it, it gives it the character that I think that adds to why I like it in the first place. I thought of the I'm not, I'm, and I'm not being again, I'm not being contrary and against what we were just saying. I love a clean production and what you guys are talking about with the abominable thing, like that that showed that that this could be possible for uh otherwise dirty sounding subgenre of death metal before that mm-hmm. now it opens new possibilities and then you get down the road a decade or so later and you have a wormhole you know it's like of course that that once once the the bar is set somebody's going to try and you know surpass that immediately you know and that's right. the whole point all right top record to be remixed or probably just re-recorded is breeding the spawn for sure yeah, yeah that's the classic dude. That's the classic because like all the recordings are so like on point, and then you're like, oh, interesting. But the music's so sick on it, like you know. Like, I mean, if you brought if you brought it to just you know effigy st- yeah. level, that's it. <laughs> we just want the effigy level. Don't even you don't even have to get crazy with it. Just bring but everything. I, mean, I like how bands like will basically. My my opinion is if if you're gonna like re like re release something like have it as a separate remix version so like people can still listen to the old one on the streaming stuff and like yeah. have it relabeled as a new thing and just like some people might like the new one they might like the old one but like i wouldn't like replace the old one or like you know like i think it's cool to have 
like the original recording for whatever, like and not like delete it and replace it, you know. Mm-hmm. You got to keep both, dude. Yeah, for the, us. Yeah, well, but the same reason that I just said, like, yeah. there's going to be the people who even just be like, no, nah, dude, I like the original first because it's it brings me music brings is a memory, you know, thing. So it's like it's going to bring you back to the new one won't bring you to the same place the old one did. Yeah. All right. Well, I, did everybody finish their thoughts on this or <laughs> <laughs> I want to get into these guys? Yeah, specifically. I want to. <laughs> Go for it. Justin. I just want to pivot a slightly different route than usual, which is you guys just wrapped up a tour with uh, Analepsy Cognitive and Necrotic Gore Beast. And so I think you guys were out for like, what, 30, 30 some days? And we didn't even shows. do them in oh, the plug section. Sorry. We didn't even fucking say any fucking wormhole plugs other than their name, dude. What the fuck are we doing tonight, guys? Oh, I love well, you guys. Well, I'm, I'm, we're getting there, but yeah. So you've All been right. on the road. You got a new record. So why don't you guys just talk about uh, the the latest tour and then what's coming up with with the record? The tour was great. Uh, okay, here's something interesting about it. It was actually our first true slam tour. Uh, every tour that we've done in the last like post COVID, I guess, has been like deathcore bands or tech death and slam bands Mm -hmm. um this is the first true slam tour so uh it was the easiest set we've ever put together because it was mostly the slammier songs Mm -hmm. but uh i guess what i've learned is playing less notes is definitely more fun (laughs) that's a great that's a great quote right there (laughs) playing less notes is more fun so how many notes are in an inferior set versus a wormhole (laughs) literally like like 10 or 15 times more like yeah notes yeah yeah. that's insane a lot of a lot of shit to memorize well um it was a fucking insane show um I had I had a lot of fun hanging out and uh, seeing all the bands. Uh, every set was great, but I I will stand by. I said this the fucking episode after I I went to the show, and I'll stand by it. You guys were my favorite set of the night. You guys Hell were the yeah. best band on the tour, even though Analepsy, you know, like international and like you know established legends, all that shit. I mean, I just you know I'm a sucker for the tech, dude. Like. And I just, I just, and I was right in front of you, Sanjay, when you ripped an actual guitar solo. It was probably the only guitar solo of the night, but it was like, okay, this sold me. And then, of course, Matt right there, Tillet, just like the sickest drummer, dude. I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of his and glad to call him a friend now. And so, yeah, you guys, you guys won me as, you know, in terms of who's, that's sick, man. Yeah. So, oh, stoked. What what I'm sorry, did you mention that you were familiar with their music before you saw them, Joseph? Or was that your oh, first yeah. time hearing them? Oh, okay. So we actually played Chicago Domination Seven together. That was last year. Nice. So I caught their set on Friday and then we played on Saturday. And I was very stoked on that set that year as well. Um and yeah, I, I would just, you know, sing in the gospel of Wormhole since then. <laughs> nice. Um and then I got to hear the new record um, and it's for sure going to fucking blow everyone's minds. It's yeah, like it's... so diverse and so many new influences. It's mm-hmm. just really, really cool. 
um, yeah. really fresh. So. Yeah, I really enjoyed uh, those two sing- singles that are out so far coming from the new album no doubt i had i had a good time listening to those and casey also had a a connection but let's i want to get into them specifically can we do the og cali death style here now and get into them just 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 plug the name of the record and the 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 label and when it's coming out and then we can do the usual uh, the wormhole record is called Almost Human. It's coming out on Season of Mist on September 22nd. Nice. And where can anybody purchase merchandise or anything currently right now? Uh, you can currently find merch on the Season of Mist store. You can find it on uh, the Wormhole Big Cartel. Uh, and you'll be able to find the record anywhere you stream music. Boom. Sick. All right. So now I'm very uh intrigued by the fact that you guys are siblings and i like we were talking pre-pod um there's quite a bit of people i love as musicians and artists that grew up with a creative sibling and you guys are working together still today so um i'm really excited to just ask the same question i always do on this show dude i want to go back into your your histories um who's the older of the two you guys should try and guess that actually all right i'm gonna go with uh i mean my eyes are terrible right now dude if you want to be honest i shouldn't go because i don't have my glasses on (laughs) so i'm looking at blurred people right now um i'm going uh, no offense but noni you're the older brother (laughs) i'm guessing sanjay joseph who do you guess uh twins i don't think so <laughs> no, I, I i think probably no need to be honest. yeah no. wow. uh, okay I got <laughs> sorry dude i don't want it to be how did you know <laughs> i uh, actually i just literally was like um i think i see a little more gray in that beard yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but i got gray, i got gray all over my face so it's all 11 good. months apart you said yeah so that's why it's hard for people to gauge who's older. A lot uh, we would call you guys Irish twins. Yeah, yeah. There's one month we're the same age. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, isn't that wild? You, yeah, you got your uh, your parents yeah. didn't didn't take much of a break, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that's for real. I'm thinking about that. Like, woo. And that's what, that's, that's like a month. That's like six weeks, maybe, or something like that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well. Kudos to your mom, dude. Like <laughs> applause, dude. She's she's the real that's trooper in that whole situation. She's that's the real that's the Anthony quote. Kudos to your mom. <laughs> like for I real, like she's right the now. real trooper. Yeah, yeah. She's yeah. the real warrior in that whole thing, dude. Oh man, that's being pregnant basically for twenty yeah. months, dude, <laughs> or eighteen Uh-oh. months. All right. Well, all right. So let's let's uh, let's go back to the beginning, like we always do, dude. Um, Noni, since you're the oldest one, talk about um, your first, you know, introduction to creativity, art, music, anything in your life. Was it the parents? Was it you know a different family member? Like something that triggered creativity. All right. Uh, my introduction to music was uh, in elementary school. 
uh they used to do these things called a musical moment every morning where they would play like 30 seconds of usually classical music mm -hmm. uh over the loudspeaker for everybody sitting in their class it was like the same pa that they use for <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like so, listening to am radio or something yeah this yeah. was like 20 years ago too so it wasn't yeah yeah uh and then there was one piece that was like violin so i just decided i liked it so uh, for whatever reason like eight-year-old me told my mom like i wanted to play violin and i'm pretty sure that like i had no intention of actually doing it i think i was just eight years old and i was saying whatever shit came to mind right like oh i heard this i, I kind of like the violin i want to recreate uh, those noises so uh for my mom who uh, I guess was always trying to push us to like extracurricular activities. That's like a green light to like go. And then uh, before I knew it, I was doing violin lessons with my friend's dad, who's just so happened to be a uh, very good violinist. Mm -hmm. uh, How old are you? I was eight years old. Okay. Eight or nine at that time. Uh, and I wasn't, I didn't do anything really creatively with music until like I was in college. Uh, but I think I was always like a creative kid. Uh, I think Sandra would probably say the same thing for himself. Uh, like we'd buy Legos, but, and we'd build the thing, but eventually it'd come apart and we try to build our own thing with it. Okay. Dude, you just hit me so close to home because that's my oldest, my oldest Trevor. Well, I buy we buy him or he goes and gets picks out a Lego. He'll put it together almost within an instant, dude. It's just like boom, it's there. And then all he wants to do is deconstruct it and yeah, make, make a new horrible. thing. Dude. Yeah. It the, the I think that like building the thing inspires the real thing. You know? Yeah. That then then you see what what's possible in building the thing. And along the way, you may not even realize it, but you're you're subconsciously like making up new possibilities with this this thing that you're creating. Yeah, so, yeah, I, dude. <laughs> I just I that that just made like the hair stand up on the back of my neck because that's so my oldest, dude. All right, go ahead, keep going. Uh. I mean, that's it for my introduction to creativity. So okay, then then so you guys weren't really like. Uh, into music at a younger age or like i started really getting to metal in like ninth grade 10th grade okay but not about metal i said music though i want to know oh, yeah. like, don't be music. don't be embarrassed about what you because dude like my shit was the beach boys and fucking uh, all this other shit so like oh, anything I, I, you don't want to mention on a metal right, show, my first matter. cd first cd i ever owned was an aaron carter cd okay uh so it was like pop shit right yeah uh and then i think we also had an nsync cd and a Backstreet Boys one. Okay. Uh, you can hear the influence, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Sanjay, like so Sanjay, is it, is it uh, the same kind of thing? You're just watching your older brother? Uh, my, my, my whole shit is a little different. Yeah. yeah? My earliest music memories are like uh, listening to like American Woman and Mambo Number no. 5 when they came on the TV. Totally. So, um, like, MTV pop culture type shit yeah yeah and yeah. then middle school it became more like uh 
hip hop and rap. Like I really like like Snoop Dogg, Fifty Cent, T Pain. Yeah. Uh, Soldier Boy. Yeah, Soldier Boy. <laughs> <laughs> I was. Uh, He's I was mouth. target demographic when he came out. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, dude. So that would be like early two thousands type. It's like yeah, two thousand six. Yeah, two thousand six to two thousand eight. Okay. Hell yeah, dude. No, see, that's the thing, dude. I'm I'm totally hip hop before metal, you know, uh, 50s, 60s fucking music that my parents were feeding down to me. At one point, they started listening to the country and I was like, fuck that shit. I'm out. And then I started digging into the pop stuff. And then eventually you get like to a slipknot or something like that, you know. And so that's the whole thing, dude. It's like it, I'm, I'm never embarrassed by well, I didn't read the bottom. What did it say? What did it say? Oh, I'll bring it back. Uh, shout out to Senum. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. So based, what the fuck does that mean, guys? I'm the older guy now. I've been hearing like, oh, dude, based. Fucking what, what the fuck? You could give mean? a whole lecture on it, but uh, I think Spark Notes, it's the opposite of cringe. Yep. Oh, okay. Pretty good. Nice, dude. Well, I hope I'm... Uh, I'm hoping more based than cringe on these. <laughs> we all do, Anthony. It's uh, all of our goals. Yeah, but yeah, um, that's the thing, dude. It's like it, it doesn't matter what you were into at that young age. It it was the point A to the point B where you guys are currently. You know, so I've never been. Well, I shouldn't say I've never in my adulthood i've learned to not be ashamed by anything that i was you know i connected to at a young age just because it got me exactly where i'm at today dude so anybody were to be like oh dude what the fuck you listen to nsync when you're fucking nine it's like dude i'm fucking 39 now (laughs) like you know yeah i I love the idea of like gatekeeping based on what your musical tastes were as a as a like nine-year-old though that's awesome if anyone is doing that i, I think that's still also cool <laughs> uh, i'm gilbert mike gilbert in the chat what up dude um we were just yeah. were talking earlier we're gonna start these later so i could be at your house every week all right um so back into you guys dude so sanjay you were gonna say that yours was a little different so let's hear about yours uh i would attribute my interest in music to video games Okay. Uh, big one for me when I was a kid was uh, Mega Man uh, Extreme. Mm-hmm. Um, I had the ex- like Mega Man Extreme One and Two, like Game Boy bundled nice. shit thing where it had X One through Four. Anyways, I would like love the fucking music on that, yeah. and I would just like pause the game and like put the Game Boy up to my ear and be like, "Fuck yeah, <laughs> uh, hell yeah, dude." <laughs> okay. But the real game that started it off for me, that basically developed my true interest in music, was Need for Speed Underground. Okay. Uh, that was like the first game I played that had a licensed soundtrack. And the menu theme for that game was Get Low by Lil John and the Eastside Boys. <laughs> nice. And uh, I fucking loved that song. So I ended up uh going to the library to get the cd because that's what i did back then for music mm-hmm. um so i got the newest low john cd this is like 2005 so crunk juice came out and uh it was the clean version but it was like 20 tracks of like just ignorant shit uh, <laughs> but like 
I don't know. It was like extremely aggressive. And I'd be like me, like on my bed with like my little shitty headphones in, like getting like pumped up to fucking right. do math homework <laughs> or some shit. Hell yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Yes, three six mafia fans. I love, I love three six mafia. Okay. So, okay. All right. Sorry. Casey yeah. and Joseph, we're doing a little three six dive on this episode. And I'm sorry. Maybe not right now, but. <laughs> I'm gonna have to dive a little bit with these guys, all right? That's fine. <laughs> that's, fine. Um, that's like like exactly the What's type happening? of hip hop that like started my uh, musical interest. Like, nice, Lil John, Three Six Mafia, fucking who else was huge? Young Bloods. I don't, I don't know if anybody remembers Young Bloods. Lil Scrappy. Um, see, um, your yeah. your era of Three Six Mafia is definitely gonna be later than mine you know um like i just said i'm i'm about a decade older than you um but i will say that um that was a very pivotal moment in hip-hop for me too because i was listening to other styles of hip-hop and then there's this aggressive like almost metal aspect to three six mafia's music the breakdowns are like just as important <laughs> you know so it totally makes sense to me that that is in your wheelhouse of like influences dude so i always thought hip-hop is just slam like they're kind of like interchangeable like slam <laughs> is like the hip-hop of brutal death metal like uh i always yeah. felt like those were analogous in that like um I would say um, the Dirty South style is definitely. I mean, like dirty. trap hi hats are the same as death metal double kicks, you know, like. Mm -hmm. um, There's and then, a lot like, of triplets and yeah. Yeah. And then like um, re recently, there's a lot of modulating tempos in hip hop like that's I, I feel like I hear it more and more now. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like that has been a staple thing that like slam and brutal death has been using forever you know mm -hmm. but it's like you know to, to me hip-hop always like got me moving and that's like what i wanted out of music to like feel a groove and like lock in on a groove and slam has provided the same thing but with a totally different tonal palette mm -hmm. um, what, what so, was that first three six uh album for you what was okay the, the 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 one that like made me love them is when the smoke clears so is that sipping on some scissor? Yeah, that was on there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was like right when I started to fall off with them because I came across them on World Domination Chapter mm. 2 or whatever with the Tear the Club Up. That was the jam. Oh, yeah, that's, like, that's like the same. Yeah, Tear, tear the Club Up Thugs. That, that's so, no, that was like 2000. So oh, okay, 97 okay. was uh three sixes album world domination which is chapter two chapter one was the end and and um but tear the club up was the hit for, or the single from that whatever and that was the first song i had had heard but dude that that song dates back to like 94 they've been redoing that song and then they did yeah you're talking about tear the club up thugs like that was a whole uh thing after that was like the way they followed that album. They didn't do when the smoke clears right after the one I'm talking about, but it really is technically like the second three or the third three, six mafia album or whatever. 
but yeah dude like that that memphis sound is definitely i believe there's tons of metal dudes that play our style of music that connect with that sound the evil aspects of it like there's all the devil shit and all the fucking you know it's 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 it is very very akin to death metal very very akin so i love this keep going like three six mafia down south hip-hop and that was through video games right yeah yeah i mean i i would say licensed soundtracks is, is really what did it because i remember mm-hmm. also not too far later there was like navy commercials that used a godsmack song so i was like gotta get this godsmack cd from the library yeah <laughs> I, I didn't like the, I like that one song. I don't think I I don't like the I don't like Godsmack really. Was that with the like the pierced chick on the cover? <laughs> I don't even remember because like all the library CDs were like like sometimes you just get the disc. Oh yeah yeah, yeah. dude that's that's like going to rent things from the library. Who the fuck does that anymore? <laughs> you know. Like, I remember I spent hours in the library when I was a kid, and I don't even know if my kids know what a library is, dude. I was chilling with my friend, and he had a book he was reading from the library, so at least one guy's still <laughs> still doing it <laughs> out here. Um, I remember getting definitely books. I don't know. I remember being told multiple times like dude the library has like dvds and video games and stuff Mm -hmm. but i don't know if i ever resorted to to it but i remember feeling like i stepped up as a human when i got a library card you have the card in your wallet and you're like oh dude what up dude i can go into a library this library and i can take out anything i want (laughs) (laughs) um so then going into high school are you guys getting into like more extreme metal at some point are you guys starting projects or picking up instruments at least or i think it was like middle school like end of middle school where we got into metal from like for me the big one was like guitar hero like you know again a a game with a licensed soundtrack Mm -hmm. um and uh you know that introduced me to like (laughs) to like uh to like what was on there slayer was on there guitar hero 3 that was our first guitar hero slayer iron maiden was my first favorite uh metal band metallica was on there buckethead was on that big reason why i wanted to play oh, guitar. Shit. oh yeah um yeah a lot of that shit and then like discovering youtube and then just being like what's this what's this thing you know and eventually you get the fucking scat bubble and torso fuck <laughs> <laughs> yeah it won't take long dude uh but yeah like uh me and Noni's first death metal bands because like at this point this is the point where we start showing each other music like constantly so what uh, you're like teenagers yeah yeah eighth grade not, i'm in eighth okay. grade, Noni's, so i'm 13 Noni's 14 mm-hmm. uh first death metal bands we got into i was in eighth grade when i heard crystal mountain the first time so then we got really into symbolic listen to that, that whole album uh morbid angel altars of madness i think we were listening to front the back at that time uh it started with uh for me it was Ultras of madness with the song or no maze of torment the song but the metal mm-hmm. thing started with uh like iron maiden metallica yeah i it was like just... so you guys like proper metal first before you got into the like 
the more extreme shit you get. Yeah. Even though it was like much easier for you guys to access it all, you still kind of fell into this rite of passage thing where it was like metal and then extreme metal. Yeah, because we weren't exposed to extreme metal. Well, I mean, like, like I, I straight up was not exposed to it. Like, there was no death metal in Guitar Hero or any licensed soundtrack right. that I ever heard. Right. So, like, um, I we had to we had to go in that way because, like, uh, if I'm not into metal yet, no way I'm going to get into extreme metal right away. You know, mm-hmm. like, um, at least with with what I had known previously. Right. Um, it wouldn't but have translated. I, as soon as uh, death metal clicked is when like everything else was like open, you know. Who do you think out of you two actually heard the first death metal song and brought it to the other one? I think I showed Noni uh, Maze of Torment. Pretty sure that was me. Yeah. That that walking video where that David Vincent's in that fucking tight <laughs> ass uh, leather shit. Yeah. So what was it like? Talk about that experience. Like, dude, I found this what do you and you guys sat there and experienced it together noni what was your reaction i want to know about that specific moment uh it's pretty hard for me because there's been we've done that so so many times since then like it's hard to yeah, remember any one specific interaction uh i remember being super blown away by the uh the first riff in maze of torment mm-hmm. i think that's the one that really did me in yeah uh, yeah, I'm I just hearing, I just... probably hearing Pete's fucking drumming. Like at the the first time I heard Morbid Angel was it was a confusing situation because Pete the Feet was now coming into my life. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that literally is how you feel when you look back on it. Like, oh, dude, Pete Sandoval is now a part of my reality. The first <laughs> time you listen to Morbid Angel, you know. And and it is a, a overwhelming experience, no doubt. That song just like I love how they it like does sound like a maze of torment. Like you're trying to escape, <laughs> yeah. and you're just trying to escape through some labyrinth, and you can't get out. It's just like they really you're forced to experience it, dude. They caught the vibe, yeah. Like they 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 really had like a a concept there, and the the music really is about that i would say yeah okay one huge thing in that song that i think when when uh you hear it the first time especially as a child and you just go what the fuck is that laugh in the beginning when the, oh yeah for the sure <laughs> like oh, yeah. oh, oh, oh. Yeah. so fucking hard like never heard any shit like that before yeah like oh, a yeah. fucking villain laugh on the head totally, totally. and yeah for if you fuck with slayer and then maze of torment or like that that you know alters it's like just enough blast beats to be like the next step without it being like what the fuck is going on because there's enough like skank parts and double bass parts and like slower parts that you have enough slayer there that you know you're like confident you get all i've that. already just i just lost That's... it in dude i'm fucking be, i'm gonna be listening to morbid angel at work yeah it's <laughs> funny is uh i showed my girlfriend who like doesn't listen to any metal at all whatsoever uh stuff i was working on and, and she was like oh yeah that's cool but like that that's like what's that one beat and she kept pointing it out and i was like oh that's the skank beat 
And she was like, skank beat. She's like, I don't like this beat. It's <laughs> <laughs> like really like off. Like it just, it's just not on time or something like that. And then we were like driving up to Santa Cruz to hang with Anthony, you know. Yeah. Like, and she like brought it up again and she was like, that skanky beat. <laughs> skanky. And I was like, yeah. yeah Ricky, damn skanky beat. Sucks. Ricky uh, Myers calls him polka beats. And he's like, I'm not polka playing beats. polka beats. Yeah. Anymore. Yeah. We talked about this with Embodied Torment. I love proper skank beat, dude. Oh, yeah. Me too. I, I'm definitely still down with the proper skank, dude. Totally yeah. down with the skank beat. Me yeah. Personally, yes. I think when you put it in the right place, it's the sickest shit ever. Hell but yeah. if I'm not, if I don't, if it's not time for a skank beat, I'm no, you talking. feel you know. Yeah. I know what you're talking. You got to be in the mood for a skank beat. It's got to yeah. be the right like. Yeah, yeah. You, if it's you need to lead. If you're gonna still have a skank, you need to lead me into it correctly. Take my hand, totally, yeah. take me through it properly, comfortably, and then into the skank, and then I'll I'll swan dive into it. You know. Are you guys? Uh, do you guys like the snare on the blast as loud as the skank, or do you like them a little subdued? gotta be a little subdued yeah i i don't want to hear every transient i want to kind of like like know it's there without hearing it you know mm -hmm. some people like they get off on like oh when the blast snare is as loud as this game i'm like no nah, it shouldn't be as loud <laughs> it really can't be that loud but dude uh, okay i'm sorry i'm gonna totally take it off right now i'm reading the chat ian i just gotta uh mention this your nickname was pig destroyer i, I want to one know the backstory of that and two i have a cousin shout out Teresa. we've been calling her pig destroyer since i was in high school because there would be times at parties where she would get super loud and in your face and I, and we would just be like it's it's literally like pressing play on pig destroyer right into your face when she's talking to you so shout out Pig Destroyer, shout out Teresa, shout out Ian. Love all of you, all three, the band included. Love it all. Um. So when do you guys start playing guitar? <laughs> I was thirteen, and then it was fourteen. Okay. Uh, I got my first guitar it was an Epiphone Strat from Music Around Coffeesville. Still go there to this day. Um, I had my guitar for like a month, and I'd be like learning like Buckethead and Iron Maiden on it. And then whenever mm -hmm. I'd be downstairs playing video games, like Noni would play on my guitar. So then eventually Noni got his own guitar because he kept playing on mine. My first guitar uh, came from a box at a Walmart. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, I mean, again, like introductions, like you having the opportunity to make a connection with the instrument and, and really realize that you you wanted to play it it i'm totally down for introductory instruments you know like because again as a parent i'm like if i buy a 200 dollars guitar for my kid and he lets it could you know gather dust in the corner i'm that was a bad two dollar two hundred dollar investment a walmart guitar how much was a walmart guitar you think I think it was like 150 or so. It came oh, with a little okay. amp. So that's still that's an investment, dude. That's a awesome, that's a I mean, like the alternative is like three hundred dollars or something, and you don't get an amp with it. Right, right. Like an you're saying, uh, just an an electric without the amp. Yeah, yeah. dude. There's nothing 15, better. Than... Fifteen watt 
practice amp or whatever. Yep. Yeah. We're gonna. Oh yeah. So okay. So then uh, we're gonna. I'm just gonna keep asking questions. Next, uh, I keep already asking them, and I'm asking them again. Uh, <laughs> first, would you guys like start a band right away, or do you guys like find some people to jam with, or? I had some friends in like high school, like freshman year. Actually, kind of, kind of, right, kind of weird. I had this one friend that I was kind of learning with. Mm -hmm. um, he was like learning bass. His name was Tristan. We we kind of like we both like really liked Megadeth and Metallica and shit, like those early day stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, we made a band with this really really Christian kid, Thomas Cord, but he was the only drummer that liked metal in the school. His mm -hmm. favorite band was a uh, extremely Christian metalcore band from two. Uh, becoming the archetype that was like his favorite band mm -hmm. um uh funny story about that kid he became an atheist in college i think super badass but anyways <laughs> at the time super religious and we would like try and like play we try and like write our own songs or like play like megadeth songs and stuff um it was kind of like just a good learning experience with like playing with other people like what's playing with other people like and stuff like that like you know uh, i remember trying to show this kid morbid angel um he didn't have access to YouTube because his parents were extremely Christian and he would have to like ask them about stuff. Uh, he wasn't allowed to listen to Morbid Angel. So, uh, that created... how was it with you guys? Did you guys have to hide anything or didn't have to hide that we like music and stuff? Totally. Um, but like, like the contents of shit, because we've, we've literally had people on the show that have said they had to bury their CDs like somewhere secret in order to keep it away from their parents now our, our parents did not uh i mean i don't think that they saw all the imagery and the imagery that they did see would be like the metallica covers or megadeth covers which is like kind of kind of brutal but like yeah yeah we we never had like a cannibal corpse cd or anything no, like that they were just no, never actually exposed to that uh there was one time we went to go see uh anal cunt at sonar oh shit um, shout out we did not we referred to them as ac because we we knew that would right that was over that line right i don't think they would oh, let us yeah. go to that show if, for sure <laughs> if they knew what the band was called and they <laughs> referred sure. to themselves as ac in a lot of occasions too for that same exact reason that that name will never get a positive response unless it's somebody who has already That's been exposed to them which it, the, it's oh dude you've seen seth putnam on stage dude that's dude, actually... it was so bad it was so bad oh, i'm sure it was terrible dude i'm sure it was i thought fun. it would at least be funny yeah no i think that um <laughs> that was uh something that i was exposed to at a younger age where i'm like you know what there was something about it that everybody was like oh dude check this out but really i'm like actually into grindcore and there's so much better grindcore out there than that band you know like what they stand for is a, a separate thing but i'm just like i've watched footage of that guitar player playing a riff and you're just like that they call that a riff <laughs> like he's literally just like but maybe it might be something. Maybe you guys can translate it into something that's like, oh, dude, no, dude, he's totally using this fucking uh, scale. Do, do that again, that, that riff. 
dude. <laughs> right, I bet I bet if you I bet you could find something in there. You know what? Like similar thing. Uh have you seen any of the Andy James transcriptions of Carrie King solos? <laughs> <laughs> no, but that sounds amazing already. <laughs> he like makes sense of them and they're not good anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I believe it. I totally believe it too, dude. I mean, the guy who has to get his tattoo touched up every six months, dude, his solos are always going to be terrible. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Love you, Carrie King. I love Slayer. What the fuck am I talking about? I'm drinking, guys. Oh, yeah, I'm drinking, so that's why I'm talking like this. Sorry. Hell, yeah. What other like early shows did you guys go see that um, got you like psyched on live music? Our first one, I think that was like super iconic for both of us, was Megadeth. Hell yeah. uh, on the 20th anniversary rest in peace we were like we were and still are huge megadeth stands mm-hmm. like i and I'm, I'm i've always loved megadeth for like guitar stuff but even just like love always loved the songs that show was crazy because it was like first time seeing megadeth live first time so seeing exodus testament live yeah exodus was there as well mm-hmm. so yeah for like the shit we liked at that time that was like big dog shit um other huge show at that time for me i saw atheist um i already said that but i saw atheist um which was like i would say my first like more underground show where there were not a thousand people yeah um but like we're still in baltimore Yo, I saw this shit at Sonar, actually. Okay. The the middle stage at Sonar. Yeah, um, yeah. I know which one. You're, not the main room. Is it middle stage? So what? The, is it set up like one, two, three, if you were to look at it from... Uh, okay, if I remember the layout correctly, if you went into through the front to the left, there was the big stage, like yes. 500, 700 cap. Mm-hmm. And then to the right... There was another hallway that had medium-sized room, which probably was like 200 cap, and then the bar stage at the very end, which was like not even a real, real stage. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this was in that that middle room. Okay. Um. Yeah, I totally remember this, dude. That's crazy. I think. Oh, revocation. I mean, not was this there. show. It was my first time seeing revocation. Mm. So um, atheist was playing with who? I think it was Atheist, Last Chance to Reason, Revocation. There was somebody else, somebody else on there that I can't remember. Uh, and then, was that crazy, your first crazily inter- enough, we just found this out like last month that Wormhole's bass player, Basil, his band at the time in 2010 opened that show before I had even, I haven't hadn't known about Basil till like wow. six years uh later but apparently Crazy. i seen his band back then Sick. isn't that wild i mean yeah it's like uh it's a small world and it's even smaller when you're in death metal but at the same time it's crazy to be like oh do we crossed paths at x amount of years ago before we actually knew each other we were like in the same room dude and now we're in the band <laughs> together you know <laughs> like that that that's just cool as shit um so my question i don't know if was atheist did you know about atheist before that show yeah 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 okay, that was like okay, yeah. like uh because i had learned about death 
like and i was just getting into yeah. death at the time so i had heard about atheist is playing and i had heard, seen on youtube atheist is always in the related videos of death so mm -hmm. i was like oh shit this band's playing let's binge this discography and uh yeah hell yeah and then they... fucking saw some real shit for the first time hell was yeah. that that was like they were they must have been promoting the jupiter record at the time i guess yeah, yeah. which i think is a bomb record man yeah i think it's sick dude yep i, I mean it's it's definitely no matter what everybody's gonna put it outside of the the three records before it but meta. <laughs> it actually it is totally canon for me and and not only is it canon but i think it's like really fucking cool for them to be able to bring it back and still totally totally hit hit like um the same vibes at certain times on that record you you totally still know it's atheist on that record yeah you know and um yeah, shout out to alex Haddad of atheist he's coming on the pod <laughs> oh shit he rules man hell yeah, yeah dude he's coming on soon yeah we're stoked uh, that's but yeah dude it's no matter what it's hard to hit hit the same yeah. get into the same vibe as your earlier shit if you come back and redo it you know yeah i i still have not seen atheist i've missed every fucking tour they've done in the last like you know five Qual six years quality well, stuff dude i fucking yeah they're they're a big one and i keep chalking it up just like fuck. got to see him with them and suffo got to see them in the in the cynic and i'm just like cynic uh, an atheist dude totally a band that needs to keep keep going and more and more crowds need to because like you were saying it was a small crowd like when is atheist gonna get like a bigger crowd to be exposed to that feeling of watching something like atheist be performed because it's mm. something totally different dude i don't know you're i'm rambling now shut me up <laughs> all right we'll cut you off uh so six so let's catch up to like kind of when when wormhole sort of gets off the ground so i know you guys had like a brutal project before wormhole yeah oh yeah was, yeah but i know there's a demo one. i need to listen to at some <laughs> point okay it was called rotting phallus it was yeah, uh, was called it. A proto wormhole mm -hmm. um it was basically me and noni met these people in college uh and we're like yo let's make a band like kind of just for the fun of it uh we were gonna have a guy he was in a dick costume and he was the rotting <laughs> phallus of rotting yeah. phallus and he was running That's around sick. and shit but uh true uh mascot yeah yeah oh we we're just doing it you know it's like all just for fun and shit like mm -hmm. that totally um but i but like me and noni were making all the songs and i, I mean we actually liked the songs and we were like i think learning a lot while making those songs so they were kind of like you know close to home mm -hmm. anyway band broke up um me and noni left and uh took the songs too because they never got released or anything on uh rotting phallus and then those songs became the first wormhole uh album um some of them were right. written post new band but most of them were from uh rotting gotcha. phallus. and they had different names like nurtured in a poisoned womb was called green eggs and slam 
in Ronnie's Oh, Valley. yeah. Uh, That's how Odious does it, too, dude. <laughs> we we make the... We have so, such funny names before they actually become the real name for the song. Yeah, I need to make... I need to stay making, like, funny demo names. Like, now I just have, like, code names for shit. And honestly, like, it's harder to know what's what, you know? Well, let me ask you about the names on, you know, like, well, Casey's not here. He wanted to talk about DS3, but let's skip that one. Is that the name? I <laughs> yeah, that, let's wait until Casey's back to talk about that song because he he did connect with that. Okay, so skipping that song for now, what about the rest of the... So are they all... Uh, like, I am a little bit of a science geek, but not anywhere near an actual scientist. So I, like, catch a vibe, but I'm like, is it... Is it legit or is it just kind of like wormed style, like pseudoscientific blabber? Like, what? what do you, where do you guys go on that? Uh, it's it's Metroid Prime lore. Oh, it's Prime. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. um, yeah. in Metroid Prime one, two, and and three, you can scan stuff. All right, and there's like lore things that you can scan that give you a lot of backstory on like shit that's going on so mm -hmm. a lot of the lyrics are just like based on the scan lore. <laughs> gotcha so, a lot of the song titles too. yeah the song titles too so a, a lot of the shit like pseudoscience shit is like metroid prime pseudoscience about the fucking aliens i think I think I had heard that at some point, and I just had forgotten it. So, it, hey, it, it works since I didn't think like, oh, it's so obviously Metroid that that like colors the experience <laughs> or whatever. So, that's a cool. lot of the um, like all the album covers are Metroid inspired as as well. Like, yeah, honestly, like going back to the video game thing, like Metroid Prime soundtrack is also huge for the tonalities and shit like uh, that we like and stuff. Mm -hmm. um but like that whole that whole sci okay that sci-fi death metal thing is like normal now you know like um right but like for for us it's not it wasn't about like being a sci-fi death metal band it's it was just like oh we both really like metroid uh let's do metroid style because that's what what we like right that's sick that's totally cool dude it's got the right amount of like fun bounciness without taking yourself too seriously but it also has enough like i don't know hard hardness to it that's not just like spongebob like if you guys went <laughs> all in on spongebob which by the way if you guys totally came at me right now and you were just like dude we grew up on spongebob and the soundtrack of spongebob was really like <laughs> our thing you know and and dude i could you could spin that into something that i will still just as much respect as any other thing dude and actually video games is a, a kind of a more common thing that is you know want 142 episodes into this thing there's certain commonalities and video games has definitely come up as a proper main influence for people and creating music you know so again yeah. mad respect and plus it's metroids which is even double mad respect because that's an og game right there you know yeah, nobody gives metroid enough love man nobody ever right so and then the the sci-fi it's like you, you the multiverse thing where you found this like different dimension of sci-fi that not a lot of people are talking about 
you know everybody's going sci-fi so you're like well here's this metroid wormhole i'm gonna go down that wormhole and find inspiration there i forget do you guys you guys have that same sample that like the faceless used and tool used uh or it's like they're aliens from the planet it's like oh no we never used that one okay i feel like i've heard it a third time and i'm like what we use the other common sample the other common sample okay for sure um i'll just throw my hat in i have a solo project called psionic which is like aesthetically inspired by starcraft the the proton and another underappreciated sci-fi world but uh but lyrically it's it's not going to be about anything in that universe as far as i've planned it so far but aesthetically i was like yeah i fuck with protoss bro and zerg too like there should be a zerg band out there i feel like to fuck with me so we can tour together or something i don't know but yeah there's a lot of fucking i don't know stuff to mine out of that area and i mean you know like who cares you know zombies and stuff like some of the early gore stuff that you know we got to move away from that i feel like so but yeah um all right well let's see so you guys get the first album together based on those songs that you had from the the previous band and then um what's the lineup at that point and i know you, you aren't with a uh drummer on the record yet so are you putting together like a live lineup at some point so uh wormhole when we when we made it like coming off of rotting phallus was just like gonna be an internet thing like let's just put the music out there because we worked hard on it anyways and we're proud of it mm-hmm. so that's when we got like other online vocalists and shit and we just wanted to just kind of do it and just get it done kind of kind of thing mm-hmm. um so truly at that point wormhole was just me and noni okay and it wasn't until we were gonna do our first show and then do our first tour that we got the uh live lineup and matt was in rotting phallus before and then we just got him back again in uh in wormhole so how far Uh, back do you guys go with matt 2015 okay okay probably Um, the first time we jammed together and he and ben towels go back longer right he told me that uh, yes and no so they had known each other at like this camp over here rockstar jam um when they were like kids okay but like like they didn't realize that they had known each other since they were kids until like they reconnected as adults oh okay um but it was like it was like it was funny because like i remember one at one point uh i think we were at sidebar and, and wormhole was was playing and like mm. ben asked like drew it was like whatever happened to matt from like uh sunday jams and drew would be like you mean that matt <laughs> <laughs> i was like yeah that's when ben put them together or some shit that's sick but um, um yeah 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 matt ended up joining gray lotus through wormhole that that uh that connection okay that's the there. order of yeah so so you guys put together a live uh a lineup for the live show what was your guys's first show and like uh it was yeah okay it it has an official name south jersey fest uh by rob wharton but oh yeah locally known as rob fest um, <laughs> nice and yo it was fucking crazy the lineup 
Uh, I think top to bottom, headline was revocation, natercetic, cognitive, wormhole, piran, replicire. Uh, I think that's the only ones that I remember. But it was like, first show, like, why the fuck are we all the way up there? But it was like, awesome. And that got us totally. like, hella hype on doing wormhole as like a live band. Then we mm. got our first tour offer the next year. Uh, and uh, yeah, after, after that, like we started actually like being a real band and not just an internet band. So <laughs> yeah, you guys got that that high of that first show and all this these sick bands that you're playing with and you're like oh shit dude we're in the real deal right now that's how you feel in that moment right so then you go back home and you're like we need to fucking drop some new blueprints dude let's get some new songs going let's keep this thing rolling get kept because i mean that that uh feeling is almost like fully charging the creative battery that you want to use to put that energy into something to go back to do another show and then get more energy and bring it it's kind of like this like back and forth thing that we do like we're building up and making these things to go out and and perform on stage just for the feeling of performing them on stage and seeing a positive reaction to like a group of people that are there to experience what you're going to give them, you know, and it could totally be different, but finding like the positivity and seeing like people are into it, then you want to go back and do it again. Got to go make more shit and see if they're going to be down with it again. All right. Again, I'm rambling. You guys don't know <laughs> when to shut me up, dude. You guys yeah. need to just be like, Anthony, all right, yes. <laughs> I, I, I just wanted to let the profundity of that one sit for a little while. That was all. Um, <laughs> um, that's sick, dude. So then I remember the hype for sure. There was like, oh, new band, Wormhole, like Textland. Okay, let's check it out. SpongeBob samples. Like, okay, this is cool. Um, so yeah, I, I was catching catching it online so that was like 2015 or something at the first record yeah uh, 2015 or 16 okay. yeah i remember going to the gym with it i remember having it in the the gym with me hell yeah you know, proper proper slam tryouts or whatever um, <laughs> were you running on the uh elliptical or the uh i was probably doing probably doing like you know my 10 minute cardio 20 minute weight routine nothing serious I'm warm right. up on the card on the treadmill and they go bust out some lifts for 20 minutes yeah, yeah. i'm not like a gym rat or anything but no that's get know. it in get out it's I'm, a good, i did my thing yep good place to listen to music for sure no doubt um let me think so 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 sandra you were like doing other bands playing with other projects too so let's like locate wormhole within whatever projects and then noni i actually don't know what other bands you were if any active in at the time as well so you feel free though to also answer this uh at that time i had this other local ish tech death band perihelion that we started like that's like my start into like touring and stuff did my first tour in 2016 it was like diy is shit but hella fun mm -hmm. um and i did one more tour with perihelion uh is there and I did a release stuff. 
Oh yeah, there's a release 2015. It's called Infinite Decay. Uh, okay. It's kind of ass. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. um, I gotta was have that early twenties release that you just you know <laughs> learn from or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I mean, grant granted, like I had been putting out music for a long time. I didn't mention mention this before, but like I did like solo stuff in like high school. Like I had like two two solo sanjay shit of just music i made on my computer so like i wasn't like i released music before and i was like comfortable with that but this one like you know i i I, at the at the time uh i knew it was going to be ass because uh nobody really knew what they were doing including including me Mm -hmm. uh but anyways learning experience that was my band to like learn how to do shit wrong so that i could learn how to do it right Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um number one was uh pay for somebody to mix it. <laughs> that was a yeah. Anyways. <laughs> um I was doing like filling stuff at the time. I did a filling tour for Vale and Nath, which was like that was my introduction to like more real shit. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, and then all those experiences I think helped us like start up wormhole and have like kind of a better idea of uh what to do there what i'd say like when wormhole picked up uh after that first show like perihelion basically stopped being a thing and wormhole was like the only the only thing for like a year a year and a noni half. what were you doing during that time uh i was that was I was just like starting to write music for the first time with Rotting Phallus. So I was like super invested in Wormhole. I never really released music before. No, I uh, know, so. but I'm saying like when Sanjay was out on on the road and 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 all these different projects, what were you doing doing during that time? Uh I was practicing guitar at home a lot. Okay. Uh we were also in school at that time when we were just starting the band stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're just honing your craft at home, and just yeah, getting, I was probably not spending my hours as productively as I could. <laughs> <laughs> right. well, I'm a, I'm a college head, so I got to ask what you guys studied in college. Uh, I did math and history. Oh hell yeah, dude! I did information systems. Whoa, it was what the it was bullshit, that? man. It was the easiest shit in the world. Information so systems. Yo, I was comp sci at first for like a year, and I was like, "Wow, this is fucking so hard. These projects are crazy." It was like fucking minimum three hours a day of like work, and then I switched to information systems, became minimum or maximum three hours a week. <laughs> Whoa! Just memorize words and <laughs> powerpoints as opposed to making. Uh... Yeah. Anyway, college was easy. I had a lot of time to play guitar and shit during college because yeah i didn't need to spend a lot of time on uh <laughs> my bullshit degree <laughs> yeah so um, math so math and uh history what is any specific math and specific history noni uh for history i never get to talk about this by the way so i'm very excited to go for it dude i uh, want to hear this i mean growing up i was we were uh i was a world war ii kid uh, okay. So I loved reading about World War II. Then we had family in Japan. Uh, so we had spent a couple, did a couple of vacations in Japan growing up. Oh. Uh, 
so when I was in college, uh, it was Japanese history uh, from 1868 to 1945. So like, uh, I could go on for like, yeah, dude, please fucking, let yeah, loose. Is, I want ed educate uh, me, bro. I mean, so Japan had like 200 years of isolation. I'm, I'm sure you've heard of like feudal Japan and that sort of thing, like the warlords yeah, yeah. fighting each other. Mm -hmm. So one guy's solution yeah. was, uh, I'm going to take away all the outside influence. Uh, yeah. So he, he united Japan and he said no one else is allowed inside. Uh, and so there's like 200 years of that, right? So that's... That was like Christianity was illegal and stuff. And yeah, exactly. That was like a huge Portuguese thing. Uh, like, yeah. Portuguese came with missionaries and yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, started some shit. Uh, True. But then, like, so when that ends in 1868 or 1864, really, uh, they're like 200 years behind everybody else in technology, right? Mm. Japan uh, is because yeah. of that. Okay. And the rest of the world just had the uh, Industrial Revolution. So, you know, Japan's still got like uh, boats made out of wood and swords, and the rest of the world has uh, steam powered boats and uh, muskets and guns shit uh but then like not even uh a hundred years later right world war ii japan is like the seventh largest empire ever uh mm. so my like study in school was you know how did they get from point a to point b there right how do, do you, you start the realization of being realizing that you're 200 years behind like, yeah no 100 percent like other countries uh spark a fire under everybody and get moving quicker yeah they up. they westernized like fast as fuck they they knew like oh shit we're behind like yeah uh, and if you look at how uh china reacted they kind of had the opposite reaction where it was like all right we're not going to learn how to be western uh we're just going to be more chinese mm -hmm. uh and they got uh fucked for the next hundred years <laughs> but japan by, by everybody <laughs> for sure <laughs> yeah dude see that's that's well now they're catching up too so yeah i wish We're i had enough ahead of time everyone, yeah. to learn all this stuff because this all is so interesting to me but i just all my read like i have a, a set amount of reading time and i always end up just reading obscure weird shit and not <laughs> really learning anything at all but obscure shit as opposed to 18th 19th century i know i guess that is obscure if you're if you're like but history has always been an intriguing thing for me dude and even when i was you know not liking the academic life at all it was still history and art were still a thing that i was like oh yeah dude no i still am interested in this but i always felt like in history class they never talk about the stuff that uh right is going to get you interested like they could talk yeah. about this guy from france who like conquered europe but no let's talk about uh yeah whatever yeah, revolution or something yeah <laughs> or i mean going to ancient shit like you know i didn't really get interested in uh the sumerians until i was in my 20s dude and i, I up until that point egypt was like the biggest thing you know I didn't even know what Sumerians were until I got to college. Like, 
isn't that crazy dude and 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 you realize like that everybody still calls that the cradle of civilization and you're just like wait i didn't know about this at all during my whole academic career you know <laughs> i mean it may have been talked about and i let it go over my head because obviously i didn't pay as much attention in high school as i should have but and i didn't do much college after that but I guess it really is is just like I eventually found it anyways and I I did my own digging and actually realized that super interesting stuff dude and and I think that um I don't know history is something that may seem boring to a lot of people but it's actually pretty rad if you find a certain area of history that you really connect with you're like oh shit dude this this is this is happening like only a few hundred years before me or whatever, you know, and so different, so vastly different when you read some things, you're like, I can, I can wash my ass, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't a thing. And it's not very long ago, you know, Think right. about that too. <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely like a, I would rather watch like a history documentary than, some whatever tv show kind of guy so um, uh yeah i mean audiobook or and my yeah my jam too, is yeah. is like history of science for sure and i guess 20th century american history so it's not so historical but i feel like you know anthony, i gotta learn how we anthony, got here you, you need to check out the like new like thing that's going around with all these like endless like big bangs like like the brian cox like astrophysics you know like uh okay. like like the big bang just keeps happening like over and over again like this like perpetual like echo of big the loop of big bangs like, so the multiverse dude you know going back <laughs> but like i'm watching some shit where i'm just like i have no idea what's going on but like i'm like trying to understand the physics of like these things and like yeah, yeah that really that totally grabs my attention dude but that's like so much further back than what we were just talking about. We're like, dude, all I can handle is like a couple hundred years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now Stand back to the big thing. Thirteen billion me. point. No, no, wait, it's twenty-seven billion. Wait, how many years? Did the big <laughs> I don't fucking know, dude. Uh, Fourteen. But it's like it can. But there was like this whole idea of like, it, like, like kind of going against the idea that like time started thirteen point whatever billion years ago, the Big Bang, whatever. It's like no, it goes like back further or like it never really started and then it was like it's like this perpetual echo of like the same thing or like breathing out you should check out uh pbs space time i think you'd really like it (laughs) pbs space time yeah pds what is that yeah oh pbs space time the pbs the the it's like a youtube channel that they do for this uh but they go like really in depth with this stuff really yeah they cover every like weird physics shout out pbs for always being on even since i was a kid dude you've always been on point pbs shout out collab with them actually (laughs) (laughs) cdp pbs PBS. (laughs) spotlight getting us on there all right yes uh hell yeah so let's let's try to catch up on the timeline to like kind of the present day so you are now like 100 percent in on wormhole uh speaking of wormholes yeah <laughs> yeah i know i was gonna make a joke about that too but <laughs> uh, i think i already did make a joke about it i don't even remember 
I may yeah. have. Um, well, well, so so I I, I do want to hit on you know touch on Equipoise and and obviously Gray Lotus for me because that's my favorite. Still no banana hands. Oh shit, dude! Hell yeah, yeah. I know this this book is insane, bro. Um, ben is a genius, and I mean, so are you guys. But fucking Ben is amazing. Um, but anyway, yeah. So so you guys do a bunch of tours. Uh, I mean, so you guys take wormhole like like you basically turn it into like your business. Is that the idea? Like, let's let's see if we can like make it in the industry with this project. Was that the that's mindset? the that's the plan? Uh, money is really hard, very. But uh, this last tour, I would say, was uh, our best numbers yet. Mm-hmm. Nice. So, nice. yeah, it's looking good. So you guys have like been to Europe already some years back. Yeah, that was um, our wormhole's first tour. Actually, was a Euro tour. Yeah, trip. With uh, was Volva wait, yeah, Volvidinia, Volvidinia, Placenta Power Fist, Blade of Horus. Hell yeah. Um, and then what else did you guys do? Like, what are what are the other all those posters behind you? Let me just run down some fucking the timeline of tours. That's always fun. I collect posters from all my shows. Hell yeah! Sick. Look at that. I wish I did something like that. There's a whole there's a whole pile behind Noni of like way more because. I haven't had any room and I've done like many tours since you're way smarter than me, dude. But like now that I'm thinking about it, if I ever had a man cave, I would want it to look just like that. All the posters, the the plan is to get get enough posters. So there's like literally no white space on any wall. It's just like a wallpaper of see, now you're touching on the video games and Tetris with me, dude. I'm like, (laughs) Tetris taught me how to do that, dude. I would totally be able to like, work a wall like that if you gave me a bunch of different posters i would figure out the best way to fit them for sure i, I got some weird pack, sizes. if you're going on vacation dude and you got a pile of luggage i'm the man that will that will layer it to where you can still see out the back of your window dude <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah looking at the, the posters uh wormholes only done i can actually count all the tours okay first tour 2018 with Volvodinia, Europe. Same year, later that summer, we did a Wormhole Cognitive. It was called the Slam Chop Tour. Uh, mm-hmm. Wait. Oh, fuck. If you see... Oh, shit. Damn, this shit's hard, bro. I know. Alright. There's the poster. There's the Slam Chop right there. The Hell yeah. Okay. Uh, anyway. Yeah, that was... That was 2018. 2019, Wormhole did Tech Trek with Archspire, Inferi, Vervum. Then later that year, we did uh, Maritimes Canada run. It's only like a week with Beyond Creation, Exist, Equipoise. And then post-COVID, we did a headliner tour with Flub, Party Cannon. Then we did that Shadow of Intent tour with Enterprise Earth, Inferi. And then we just did this Analepsy one. So that's every Wormhole tour ever. Nice. Nice. Not really that many, only like seven or 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 eight. Still pretty solid though. All the names you're dropping. We had the two year break. Everybody. Yeah, was. we did have a long break there. Right, but I mean, how'd you guys treat that? You guys get creative in that? That's during that time. I cooked up some heat. Actually, I had yeah. a complicated. Uh, it was complicated, but the first part of it. Uh, 
I wrote all of my songs for the new Wormhole record and the new Equipoise record. Like the first month was just like, oh, I'm home. Let's fucking do this shit. Right. Uh, I also started just buying shit like pedals and stuff for fun and making that an addiction. So I was like trying out a lot of, lot of stuff. So it was a good create creativity thing. Oh, um, yeah. About And what about you, Noni? What did you do during that time? Uh, that was definitely a rough time when it first hit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I did uh, our new wormhole songs. I mean, the whole record happened, I feel like, during COVID time. Uh, the whole process. I feel like we just finished it as things were opening up. Uh, and then I started my own little side project, which is just now uh, my true i feel pandemic project is coming uh complete right. to fruition so, nice yeah. dude do you want to drop that what's the, any name for it or anything is it a one-man uh, thing that's uh so uh it's a project me and my uh four man four man project okay. uh, <laughs> uh anthony wormholes live vocalist um he's doing the record with me he already did his parts Nice. Uh, we have a friend from the area, Tim, playing bass. Uh, and now Brody, who uh, Sanjay met touring with him in Equipoise, uh, is programming drums for it. Hell yeah. yeah and you're, are you the main uh, songwriter for that thing? Yeah, definitely. What's the name? What's it called? Uh, right now, the name is Flagra. Okay. Uh, We've gone back and forth on how we're going to spell it. Well, uh, you don't I have to divulge uh, divulge uh, the mystery behind that word, but you. Can I mean, tell it's all it means. Uh, the whole record is about plants. Nice, uh, dude. Okay, like... already, I'm I'm super into it. Yeah, so you got a big scary plant on the cover. Mm -hmm. um, all the songs are about being a plant, liking the sun, liking when it rains. <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh my god, dude! You fucking you're hitting me. I, this is the simple shit that like makes me feel good. Is like I feel like you could take plants and dirt. Plants uh, and dirt, dude. Plants and dirt always make me happy. <laughs> I feel like you could take anything like that and like if you put it in the the, the right uh, lens, it can be like brutal and metal as fuck. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you guys a little insight to my life, dude. I literally cried over a tree two days ago <laughs> i the banyan tree in maui is mm. something that i've uh i've had a big connection with and dude it there i don't know how i don't know what condition it's in right now but the area that it's in just fucking went up in flames dude and i'm i literally have been having fucking anxiety over it. I'm getting emotional right now, dude, over a fucking tree. I also but, have been really kind of not not chill with with Maui on fire right now. Yeah. Yeah. Because I grew up going there too. So yeah. yeah, dude. So um yeah, I have a connection with plants and shit. I don't know. I'm a fucking hippie. I'm sorry. I mean, my connection is more with the coral and the fish, so I'm a little hoping that they're yeah, they're but okay. I mean, but I'm sure have been fucking that shit up for years, dude. And I've, I've I've contributed to it, so I'm yeah. I, I can't really talk on that part because I have gone snorkeling with fucking sunblock on, and now I feel well, like yeah. an asshole. Yeah, I know. I mean, 
I, I, I'm pretty sure all that ash in the air is not going to be good for the water dwellers either, but I'm not a, I know, dude. But... Um, yeah. And, and yeah, I just think about all the, the small businesses there. I don't want to make this a bummer. I'm sorry, but there's so many small businesses right there. There's fucking, yeah, it's just, I, I hope everybody comes out of that as, as strong as they can, dude. For sure. All um, right. So yeah, so uh, back on the wormhole kick, or let me back let on me... your well, back onto his pl his plant. Oh, band. the plant, Flagra, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Anything else to say about it? Is it is there a release date or anything? No, nothing like that. I mean, I usually don't really like to talk about it too much until it's like for sure. Good. All right, yeah, let's keep it. I feel like if I tell people about it too early, that's when I end up not doing the thing. Mm -hmm. There you go. Just let it happen naturally, dude. I'm, I'm here for it. You don't want to rush anything, no doubt. Like, don't do it for anybody else except for yourself, dude. Do you fuck with Plantasia? The music for plants record? I I have heard that, and I, I looked it up when I was making this record because I was trying to find cool stuff, mm -hmm. for like, you know, in between song kind of thing or after a song. And yeah, I did find uh, that album, Music for Plants. It's really good. It's meant to play to plants, and it sounds, it's just cool sounding synths. It's really fun. Good record. I feel like uh, I always find music like that weird, like music for cats or music for plants. Because I, I, part of me feels like if uh, the music was really for plants, uh, I wouldn't enjoy it. Yeah. I feel like they probably have a totally different. I hear um, that. I feel that. Yeah, I I want to do a music for cows project at some point. I th I think about cows and their music tastes more than other animals for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> I feel like they just get bored. So I don't know. Death Clock did an album for fish. Yeah, they did one for fish. So that's already Sleepy Time Gorilla Museum did their first show to a slug. <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> that's sick. Um. But yeah, by the, way, by the way, Nils does a podcast now, and I'm going to be working on him. Oh, um, hell yeah, dude. That, that, that's the next uh, weird episode that Anthony, Anthony's going to try and get. Why am I talking in third person? Shut me up. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're. That's, that's, that's the good stuff that just keeps rolling and all right, comes all out. Right, all right. All right. Um, so, yeah, let me, let's, let's try to wrap up any like official wormhole shit so we can shoot the shit. So, new record coming out season of mist uh fucking that's huge actually season of mist so like how did that come about if you have anything that you're able to talk about with that because that's like a pretty sick label hell yeah was that rob i'm gonna just yeah know. yeah he, he he helped us out with that um cool. i would say i'm pretty stoked on season of mist one thing i'm really stoked on is um you know, they don't re really do like slam, right? They do tech death bands, but they don't do slam. So, you know, they're, um, they're, you know, taking a chance on us on going to some new territory that they haven't gone to. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, I think that is going to be huge for us and for the label, you know, the label getting into different genres and us being exposed to an audience that doesn't know this kind of uh style as well um 
So yeah, sure, it'll be pretty, pretty damn cool. <laughs> I think they got under my radar when they signed Cynic, and I was just like, okay, this label's obviously sick, so I got to check it out. They were they got a lot uh, of crazy stuff. The only bands I think similar to us that they have are Wormed, and uh, they signed Brodekin a little while ago as well. I just mm-hmm. remember them being like in my memory, and I might be fucked up with the memory, but um, it was like melodic uh, black metal or melodic thrash metal. Those types of bands were coming out a of lot Season of, of Mist back in the day when I first started hearing about Season of Mist. Like Children of Bottom, I think, was one of the bands that came out on Season of Mist back in the day. If I'm not wrong, I might be wrong. Let me actually look that up. Get you guys keep going because now I'm interested to drop some bands. From, <laughs> no, let's go. I'm serious because I want to. Yeah, I want to. I think I know I they have proved myself wrong. I know they have a, a bath from Immortal sign. Um, but yeah, like Guttural Reef says, it's more like gothic and doom stuff. I I associated more with like just your European kind of metal stuff. So that's also pretty accurate. Yeah. But yeah, Wormhole doesn't really fit like, you know, at first glance you wouldn't expect Wormhole to fit. But I also think like the fact that we uh dive into so many other things. Uh like the new material, I think, you know, especially the first single, I think that really fits on Season of Mist. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I guess that that's a good way to let me ask a question I was thinking about. So like I hear the new record and I'm hearing a lot of uh, exploration of, of new influences. So like what, obviously I can, you know, kind of answer the obvious question. Oh, you know, we just wanted to evolve all that kind of stuff, the, the usual, but like maybe more specifically, like what, what were you guys spinning where you're like, Oh, I, I think we should try to incorporate this or, you know, maybe like other bands you're listening to, or just like, what kind of vibe were you trying to catch on the new album? So there actually is no difference in the influences from <laughs> the weakest among us and the newest record. Hell yeah. Like, like I think maybe the influences are more audible, but like they are, they are literally the, the, the same. Um, okay. But um, I think the, the, the difference with the, the new material is that, like we are trying to give the songs stronger identities that was a huge thing in the writing process like making sure music is recognizable etc etc um and um part of making something recognizable and digestible like that is like uh themes right like taking a theme and like reinforcing that theme throughout the song um so we did that like way more in like not all the songs but most of the songs and that makes basically means like there are some riffs that are repeating more than once now like Mm -hmm. like whereas like like you look at uh ds3 there's one riff that repeats in the the whole thing um Mm -hmm. so what i think is actually happening is um we put all of our influences into more concise direct digestible songs and i think that's made the influences more audible Hmm. uh because i think those influences are there structurally now instead of just 
riffs. Mm-hmm. Um, cause like, so, yeah, here, here's a, a big one. Like, like people are like, Oh wow. Wormhole started listening to artificial brain. I can tell like, yo motherfucker. I've been listening to artificial brain since 2014. Like that was yeah. an influence on like literally everything I've done <laughs> since, yeah. since that shit came out. So the influences yeah. aren't, aren't new. Um, I think we just upgraded our songwriting and like you can just hear shit like more prevalently now just because I think the songs are better. Um, You've compartmentalized your ideas better. You're yeah. saying. Yeah. So there aren't any new influences. Uh, it's just a, a way, way closer influence on or fucking paying so much attention to is this a song not a riff salad kind of mm-hmm. kind of thing yeah riff salad that's that's a common thing dude we've all been victim to bands that have just done the riff stacks or riff salad i, I, I love a good riff salad but you can't have oh, yeah. eight riff salads in a row you know <laughs> totally yeah well hell yeah yeah, I'm. I'm so DS. Yeah. Wait, is Casey with us? Can you ex- you want to expand on DS3 with Casey a little bit? Casey, what was your experience with DS3? Uh, yeah, because he oh, mentioned yeah, DS3. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that that that's a song that stood out to me greatly. While, so what, <laughs> while, while listening to your music, <laughs> you just brought it up pre-pod, so I thought you were really excited about it. I I don't know if there was anything specific about it. About it. Yeah, no, the excitement's still there for sure. Yeah, no, has the fight, great... is that the one with the fight riff? No, <laughs> that's ultra frigid. Ultra frigid is the fight yeah. riff song. I mean, they all have fight riffs, but yeah, that's the one with the fight riff. Okay. When did you guys come across your first like unique leader band in your your dig through death mode um i think our first unique leader band was probably actually deeds of flesh because like nice. when we were first getting into tech death the bands were necrophagist beyond creation gorod the faceless deeds of flesh well, portals to kanan had just come out too mm-hmm. at that mm-hmm. time um so oh and then spawn of possession was on unique at that time yeah yeah mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, then like yeah, started diving into it and shit like that. Found like a bunch, a bunch of bands. Um, Talk about your spawn of possession first listen. Like, do you remember how that happened? Uh, I think Noni showed me spawn of possession. At first, it was just like okay. I think everybody's reaction at first to spawn is like, 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 wow, this is technical. <laughs> yeah. Know, right. Yeah. Uh, and then as you listen to it more and more and more you notice like you can actually hear the song in there mm-hmm. uh and like the development of of themes and riffs and yeah it's just crazy but okay here's where everybody everybody has a different opinion and uh different reason for their opinion on what their favorite spawn record is if you're like a true fan right mm-hmm. took me forever to f- decide on mine but like for me I listened to them going backwards in Curso, Noctambulant, Cabinet. But Cabinet is like easily my favorite. Yeah, me too. Mm. Yeah. That's um, a no good answer. I mean, I think like Noctambulant has more of the uh, iconic, more iconic riffs and sections to me. Like, mm-hmm. 
every song on there i feel like the songs are kind of long and there's a lot of stuff that's like i don't know maybe the album's aged a little bit like in when it came out in 2008 it was like mind-blowing stuff but some of those sections now i feel like i've heard some of this before uh one when i say good answer with cabinet that that is again just my opinion and two i love every single note that spawn has ever played you know like there's never i will yeah there is zero there is absolutely no spawn song that i will not enjoy if you were to put it on and that's that's one thing that we need to get out of there like spawn is is so highly regarded for me uh also i i love christian munzner and i love his solos and he's a huge influence on me yes but, uh, those guitar solos on the first two spawn records top tier death metal solo <laughs> yes 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 and um but i i love that you guys i love that like the hearing the newer generation still discovering like a newer spawn and then still being intrigued to where you have to go dig into their past and and hear everything that they did and dude i am a proud owner of a spawn demo guys i got i got oh, a, shit. a physical copy of oh, the really? forbidden demo dude still i, I it's like I one of those like i would like oh, old dead and grotesque version on it Whenever mm. I I take it out, I literally see it glisten like a, a, <laughs> a like a gold bar that I just got out of a fucking safe, dude. Like literally, and I don't even play it. I just look at it because I don't want to scratch it, dude. Just leave it there. I listen to you, and, and I know I can find you online somewhere, and you're so <laughs> precious to me. You know, <laughs> it's it's such a a. a dying dying thing to have like think of a physical copy of something like that but it's it's, it's that's still relevant with a spawn demo like yeah okay all the spawn albums that have been thousands of copies whatever but yeah the demo sounds great still it's fun, Hell yeah, dude. fun demo have you guys uh heard that spawner essentially back. Is this? oh yeah i'm very excited every time they post a video i click on it immediately i've i've heard a lot of it the drummer's really sick dude because their drummer's very <laughs> <laughs> yeah the while he's not here really sick, he's a really good drummer and his takes on the new album are great so great dude his contributions to this album are gonna give it and a honestly, whole new that's flavor like my most highly anticipated metal album right now there yeah, you go. Casey. Me, me too. Feel it, bro. To hear it. <laughs> Feel it, bro. That yeah, uh, is so good, guys. He uh, really was, good. I was, was talking, I was oh, god damn it! Messaging him today, and he uh, he said he was supposed to do the rest of the vocals like this week, but he, he the engineer had to reschedule it. So it's oh, gonna be, like later. That guy's cool as shit. Uh, Dennis, oh, Dennis dude, yeah, fuck yeah, dude. Super chill, dude. I'm gonna be in Sweden next month. I might hit him up. Oh really? Nice. Yeah, I don't think I'm gonna be in his neighborhood, but um, maybe not that far away. So, fuck yeah, I'll definitely at least let him know I'm coming. Dude, Dennis is a shit. Sorry, I had to mute myself because of somebody's calling this business. But um, Dennis is a shit, dude. I love him to death. I want him back on. 
let's do a retromorphosis oh yeah episode. we we had a, a chat about that we're gonna get everybody on like including christian jonas you guys. you're gonna get jonas on dude yeah hopefully yeah hell yeah and that's what at least <laughs> you know was implied in the message yes uh, we'll see but jonas you don't listen to the show i'm sure but i want you on bro bristling dude yeah Wrestling. all right back to the wormhole let's yes. get into the kumar wormhole i think again. i mean i wanted to to just ask uh i don't know if i have a gray lotus question i just want to fucking gray lotus say, is a cool fucking name by the way i just want to say thank you because i still like i don't know man that record is it just did something for me that i didn't know like albums could still do at this point in my oh, life yeah. i was like uh you know i might be past my time when a record like info you know like gets gets that far into my brain but i was seriously like spinning it like three times a day for like months straight and, yeah i'm 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 a hardcore i got the shirt i got the shorts i got the tab book i've been learning the riffs uh i need to put a fatter gauge on my low strings so that i can really honestly it doesn't matter <laughs> those songs are impossible like i don't know how you guys do it like you've toured extremely hard you play that the, you play it live right you, you've done yeah. the tours up up until the latest tour you've yeah, done that, all those. that's the only tour i haven't done with them yeah yeah man i don't know i wish i wish i caught you i mean it was isaac who filled in right he was yeah. awesome um and i was very sad to not catch drew sadly um but i mean they still fucking killed it live it was rad meeting ben uh awesome meeting matt um fucking very cool getting uh, and i guess i'm sorry i don't remember your singer's name off the top of my head lee yeah um and then yeah then then getting dude such a cool i told matt like hey we're coming on tour next month he's like just stay at my house and like we literally brought lucy over to hang out for two two full days and kicked it in his basement and did hood rat shit it was awesome so <laughs> i don't know i just felt like and then ben came out to the nashville show we got to kick it with him and the entheos crew uh so yeah it was just just felt just felt like really cool and i you know want so i don't know if how, how involved you are in like the songwriting or any other aspect oh of yeah the we, band. Uh, on that on that album mm -hmm. um on dawnfall it was like three songs that were like like ben made the whole thing basically and then big drew influence and then there was like the rest of the songs were actually me and ben in this room like mm. writing the songs together okay so it's like actually like like very melting pot of brain mm -hmm. which which ones did you guys work on together uh I can show i'll tell you, you which ones we didn't work on together we didn't okay, work on azure rain currents um and then uh, rectilinear motion, I only had uh, one, like one and a half riffs that I made on that okay. one. Okay. What do you uh, tell us the differences in your uh, experience working with somebody virtually versus physically? Uh, I, I'm always huge on being in the room physically. Yeah. Like, um, like, Okay, being at a computer, especially being able to just like take the keyboard for a sec, um, move shit around, uh, you know, like being able to do that quickly. Also, though, 
being able to see somebody playing right in front of you, like, you know, like I, I, I lock in on like, you know, hands when I'm watching somebody play guitar and like, I'm like, you know, documenting in my brain what, what I see is happening. Cause I'm about to try and do it myself too. Right. Cause right. we're writing the song together mm -hmm. uh, in person. That is like, it's like really, really easy to communicate about uh, a riff like that, you know? So like um, um, being able to see the hands in full vision and uh, shit like Not that. Not only that, but like um, having a feeling, you know, whether whatever you're feeling may be positive, negative, or blah, 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 blah. You have this feeling um instantaneously you can communicate your feeling and and work on something in way faster than it was like okay this is how i feel about your riff you're passing things back and forth through email like there there is um a wavelength that i think that is easier to ride together if you're in person yeah you know, in the flesh and and no doubt there's some kind of telepathy that happens that you wouldn't necessarily get through email or even skype or zoom or however people do it now it's there's there's a layer that is taken away even though no, some I, think, great, I, think, great I think i think zoom allows telepathy now actually <laughs> i guess if you're wearing headphones it might be like sucking yeah. it out of your ears you know yeah <laughs> no but i mean i guess it's seeing facial expressions and i that because humans communicate so much more th through other things than just words you know yeah and and so just seeing how somebody is reacting to something naturally in the moment could you know make or break or change how things happen in the moment and things can work be worked on so much quicker and this is me just being the old guy like oh this is how we used to do things but i'm like no dude like there is an element to that that i think that is very important and and i'm not saying that it's not it not is always lost digitally or virtually but i think that i don't know the pathway is lengthened through the internet you know well okay do you guys know the band sleep yeah yeah all right so they posted a thing today that they their their album holy mountain was like originally supposed to be listened to i don't know how serious this was but on eight tracks and it was like these three eight tracks different colors sitting out so what if death metal was that way i mean what if mm -hmm. that's you know i mean you could take it down i feel like a lot of these older 90s records like discord records and devourment like records uh sound better on like 90s car speakers than they do interesting on my monitors well <laughs> that makes sense because they were mixed yeah. for those speakers yeah, exactly yeah like boom boxes and stuff I mean, everybody who has recorded takes it immediately to their car. So that's an interesting. My car speakers fucking rip. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude! That's... No, but, but that's an interesting point to think about. Like, 
like albums being mixed like to cater to different sound systems over the years mm -hmm. like now everyone's like like listening to music primarily on like you know headphones or, or like in their car but it's not that different a little bit you know or yeah. like but it's all bluetooth and then like at home on their like apple tv but it's like a sound bar or something like like there's so many I'm, different I'm like old ways i like receiver and i got like my five channel stereo i still have the like 15 years ago whatever yeah so that's what it is dude i think that current times like zach oren literally has to think about all of those things yeah, like when it comes to him mixing and mastering an album he has to try and find the like the medium between all of those vastly different yeah. ways of listening to something you know like a 70s record like they were thinking people have like a turntable at home maybe with a personal stereo whatever like that's the you know and then like we're, we're we're like listening to that on our like streaming thing that's like there's remasters and stuff you know, i bet you yeah. like apple airpods are like one of four main things that most engineers have yeah to, i think they are yeah one of four things that they have to keep in mind you're gonna say like no that's what i'm sorry. saying like the Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no. no I was just gonna say. We, no, you're, 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 you're right. I mean, all, all the shit that, like, all the people I, I work with, all have AirPods because, like, everybody's listening to shit on, on AirPods. Right. Mm -hmm. Including yeah, yeah. myself. I listen one year at work, you know, and I'm listening to a podcast or music. It has to fall into, you know, something listenable for me at least i you don't wear those at your work <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, these broken ass fucking headphones. <laughs> i stepped on them like 20 episodes ago and i'm still using them uh i can still hear you guys through them so i don't know yeah. if i look fucking weird who cares um, back the hoodie, the <laughs> hoodie. <laughs> hey no aloha never goes away though fair enough um but yeah no that's really what it is dude just like airpods are like the probably one or two on the list of things that engineers are thinking about dude <laughs> um we had a question from a minute back which i just wanted to make sure we got to so sample on the gas system uh it's um uh you know the tattletale strangler episode of spongebob where uh so yeah, there's a, a a point where the Tattletale strangle strangler is trying to strangle SpongeBob in an empty house, and uh, there's a there's a surprise party at SpongeBob's house, so he has to wait for the party to end. Um, and then as they're leaving, uh, the Tattletale strangler asks, like, "Oh, so there's not a not a, any more parties, is there?" And then Patrick opens the door and he's like, "Oh, a party." let's a boogie some more and that's where the sample comes from hell yeah <laughs> cool so uh i uh, always love talking about spongebob real quick i'm not gonna do like a crazy thing on it but tom <laughs> kenny tom kenny who's i think the voice of spongebob yeah. he was from one of the greatest sketch comedy things of the 90s mr show shout out to tom kenny i just wanted to throw that out there that anybody who knows about Mr. Show, 
go listen to spongebob talk and that's tom kenny <laughs> that's it that's all i wanted to say guys that's it <laughs> uh, Spon spongebob for me and noni is like the pinnacle of tv like like the true pinnacle of tv i uh, yeah. i enjoy spongebob greatly that's, These are that's one through four. I, have a, I have a confession to make i'm sorry guys uh i think that that microphone isn't coming through the audio actually sanjay so i don't think you guys need to hold that anymore what are you talking about i think he it's, sounds way better no, than no, it's coming through it's coming through his like his computer like it's no way audio. dude no he yeah. just moved it away from him are you sure Bring uh, it uh, okay no it's working okay never mind yeah okay i thought okay my bad my bad sorry false wrong. confession <laughs> i thought we, we saw we heard the change pre-pod yeah, so i thought you were gonna confess like, something okay. else but yeah yeah that's something yeah <laughs> crazy it's weird so, i can still hear you so because you usually with those bikes like can't hear anything like off so Anyway, my, my you bad. guys are my brother's age, and he's a SpongeBob kid. And Chris Beatty from my other band slash also the Xeno yeah. Passage, he thinks the same about SpongeBob. It's the best show, and I'm like, it is. I think I just missed that because I remember liking it, but already feeling like it was. So I was like, Ed, Ed, and Eddie that's was my too, hell yeah, that's my shit. I mean, yeah, if we're gonna talk about what actually as children yeah i would say something different but spongebob with my kids and then finding that other layer of mr show made me go back into spongebob <laughs> and, but and experience that as a 30 year old are you letting them watch the new stuff or are you keeping them no the i i haven't actually spongebob's been out of the loop for a very long time like spongebob really was only around for my first uh, my kid, my second and third, they don't know really much about SpongeBob, but I know there's the. But dude, I grew up on Ren and Stimpy. Does yeah, I can't hear Ren and Stimpy. No. Ren and Stimpy. I still so hate that gnarly, show, dude. It's so gnarly. Yeah, I I get all the like cringe from that. I just can't even. There's like, a lot of cringe yeah. when you look yeah. at back on it, and I'm like, holy shit, dude! I watch this like on the daily. <laughs> Dude, this guy, this guy's confessing his own. He's never seen a single episode of SpongeBob. Well, I've maybe. never seen a single episode of SpongeBob either. Whoa! Wait, Doug was your shit. Like All right, I'm down with Doug. Sorry, I'm, I'm down with Doug. Doug was good. Oh, Doug, Doug was, was like yeah, the tail end of my my shit. Doug was funny, dude. Killer tofu. All that Nickelodeon shit. Killer Tofu, dude. Yeah. And it was like Nickelodeon and MTV at the same time. So like Beavis and Butthead. And or his favorite band was The Beats, right? It yep. Was like the Beatles parody. I think that was the band that did Killer Tofu. <laughs> oh, nice. oh, Killer Tofu, yeah. It's all about back in the day, like like The Head, that show The Head, and also like... Mm -hmm. Like Aeon Flux and all that shit was sick. Yeah, I think uh, cartoons got weird like yeah. in the early '90s for sure. And that was like late, like mid this time, I guess. These ones, yeah, early, yeah. But it got. If yo, you think you about were, it, like everything really? got weird at that time, dude. <laughs> it did. It did. If you think about music, every style of music you love, shit got weird in the mid '90s for it. You guys ever watch Secret World of Alex Max? Alec Max or whatever? That sounds familiar. Nickelodeon, dude, old school. 
You're afraid of the dark? Are you afraid of the dark? Are you afraid of the dark, dude? I was scared of that intro, dude. I would literally have to go so down the hallway while the intro was <laughs> happening. Because I was scared of the fucking uh, clown in the attic, dude. So, and then I grew uh, up to love clowns and shit. Yeah. So I know it's kind of late over there in, in East Coast time. So I'm gonna. They still look bright-eyed and bushy. <laughs> I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> check in. Bushy and vertical. So yeah, maybe we should start wrapping things because. I guess we're not seeing banana hands tonight, dude. Oh, yeah. Saying, yeah, he was. They went out to dinner and all this. And just, uh, that's yeah. all right. I hope their meal was amazing. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna initiate wrap ups. So do it. And yeah, it was great to see you guys live last month. Glad to hear the tour went really well. It was cool to catch you kind of coming off coming off a tour. Uh, although it's kind of fun to have a band come on when they're like excited to promote a tour, but this is still cool because I just you know I'm like infatuated still with the live show I saw. No doubt. Um, like, we like the post tour wrap ups as well. You know. And and shout out Rob for uh, you know inviting you guys on or you know ba- basically booking you guys for this. Yeah. You know. Also, thanks Rob, Lucy's manager, and we're in the Hell chat yeah. right now. Oh yeah, so. that's true. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, let's make something happen. Is all I'm trying yeah, to say. Dude. Really. <laughs> let's, uh, let's keep the relationship alive, dude. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I really like, you know, really, really a big fan and stoked to have the chance to catch up with you guys and always a pleasure. So dude, so what, let's wrap it up with like what you guys got in store. What are your ideas? What, what can you divulge on us right now for your future? I know you guys got the album coming out and all that stuff, but let's like anything you can give us for your immediate or farther future, dude. I mean, we're making new songs right now actually we kind of like have all the songs we just gotta like clean them up and shit but like do you guys do you two work together much like when you do you guys sit down and just throw Uh, riffs at each other all right it goes like it goes like this me and noni will make our individual songs Mm -hmm. if we really really need help we'll go to the other one for help okay part of the whole reason why wormhole sounds the way that it does is because i write four songs noni writes four songs we don't we don't get yeah. too involved in the other person's songs, but mm-hmm. they still are text slam, but written by a different person. So that's you guys kind of know like a basic little like outline that you know what you guys both see for the project, and then you go contribute your own version of what you think that should... yeah, that's basically it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, that's fucking sick, dude. And that's cool as shit that you guys are brothers and you guys can like vibe enough to where you can take that time completely away from each other and know that you're truly contributing to some, to one thing together, you know? And that's really cool. Like I'd I'd love to, it'd be cool for you guys to be like, here's the one riff that we got stuck on and we both worked on together. Yeah. I was actually gonna say, like on uh, each, on each of the three albums, there is one song that has a true collab, true collab mm-hmm. and the rest are individual. Okay. So now I'm really intrigued on those songs specifically. I know I, like your whole discography is 
sick. I've I've touched on all of it, but now that I know that there are three songs that you as brothers really did a true collab on, now I want to re-listen to those songs. So you have to give those to us. <laughs> yeah, later. we're not going to tell you which one. You have to. I don't oh, you <laughs> motherfuckers! <laughs> you shits! Come on! Like, okay, one of them, one of three. Okay, okay. Uh, get get the Genesis one out of the way. Uh, the first song that we actually truly collabed on was uh, Nurtured in a Poison Womb. When we made it together, it was called Green Eggs and Slam. Ah, uh, is that the one you referenced earlier? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was kind of like, I think we wrote that song in like probably an hour and a half or something. It was just like, I made a riff. Noni made a riff. I made a riff. Noni made a riff. That was like bullshitting it kind of like collab. Okay. So if I go back uh, um, if I go back and listen to that song, do you think that I will uh, gain a little insight and be able to possibly find the other no, two? Absolutely not. Ah, shit. <laughs> <laughs> is there one that's on the new album that is a collab? There is. Uh, I don't want to like give it away, <clears throat> but like, like, okay, I'll give you a hint. Um. The parts that we collab on is is when we get really scientific about making the slam hit as hard as possible. That's okay. the shit that we we really collab on. That's the stuff where also it's like, like uh, I would want a second opinion. Like, is this does this shit smack? Yeah, mm -hmm. I don't really need no need to tell me that. Like, if if like a riff is good, you know, yeah. we're both confident enough in our riffs. But like, does the slam smack? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's the shit. You know that the collab nice. really, uh, the really long build-up ones, especially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Okay. I like all that. Right. What's your guys's all-time favorite slam? All-time favorite slam? That's crazy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the title track of "Anomalies of Artificial Origin." Okay. Uh, like a minute and a half in, or something. Mm -hmm. So syncopated, so groovy. Okay, I, 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 mine is a. I don't know if it's my true favorite, but the, it's like easy, easy one to pick right now. But the last slam and engulfed in excruciation, defeated sanity. That's like, that's like, it's, it's almost too easy. But yeah. when you see that shit live, yeah. oh my god, I feel that in every fucking, every fucking cell in my body. <sighs> I was gonna go with uh, the first slam and hideously disembodied. That's also a bomb one. Oh. Yeah. And uh, okay, one of the slam that turned me on to defeated sanity actually, uh, Satie. Mm -hmm. The first slam slash slam groove. Mm -hmm. Yikes, man! That shit smacks. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna keep this going. Favorite tech death riff. I don't know. <laughs> it might be too too broad. Uh, okay, that that is that's definitely harder because like it's definitely a necrophagist riff, and I can't choose which one. Like okay. obvious one, I think is the post solo ignominious impale riff. Yeah. Mm. Um, uh, other necrophagist ones that I think super bomb seven, the first riff in seven, super underappreciated too on that record. Uh, a lot of the solo rhythms, those riffs are banging. The stillborn one and uh, yep. oh, yeah. only Ash remains. 
Dude. You know, no one's listening for it. They're all listening to the solo, but those oh. rhythms are banging. <laughs> Another one. Another one. Not okay. Sorry, now I'm ranting. Because I, I love it. Rant, rant. Rant. In my own greed, uh spawn of possession. Like just straight up chromatic notes in the middle of the sea of uh crazy techie riffs. Oh my god, those three notes hit crazy hard. <laughs> It's like not a tech riff, but in a tech song. And yeah. It's just... oh, exactly definitely. what you're talking about. Yeah, that shit's fucking. Yeah, this crazy. is uh, this conversation is. Yeah, I, I, you'd have to really prepare for it, dude, because we've been exposed to so much that I can't give a solid. I can't. I can't add any any horse to this race right now, dude. <laughs> love riffs, man. I love riffs too, dude. Into- but I'm also spoken through vocalists, so I'm like, I, I'd really have to find all the true riffs that that I connected with. But I mean, that takes forever. In the moment, yeah, I don't know. Uh, symbolic, uh, also. That was one of the yeah. first heavy riffs I ever heard. Oh, it's gonna play it. I don't. I'm not in <laughs> the standard. So. I got it. I got it. I got this. I know it. It's not that hard. Hey. Are you plugged in, dude? Yes, dude. So, wait, you've been plugged in this whole time and you're just like not playing anything? At the end of the show, you show us that you're just kind of all sick. (laughs) Want to play something? Yeah. Play us. um, um, Let's see. Obviously. Play anything you want. Yeah, I would play anything you want. (laughs) (laughs) No, play like your favorite thing, non-metal that you've played that you've learned recently uh you guys know tim miller you ever heard tim miller no but educate me oh man i don't have time for this uh no, he's like a jazz fusion guy i really like sounds like but- primus to me the the groove on there would make it way sicker. What else have I been doing? I've been like just learning all my bands. It's like my whole life. Like, get off this tour, learn band songs for this band, then do that Here. tour. <laughs> play uh, oh. play this. <laughs> right no, now, I... on the dome is inferior riffs and wormhole riffs. All right, like, can you other... uh, can you play the uh? Chia, Chia, I don't even know how to fucking say this. Can you play the selective picking? The oh, yeah, yeah. Like... wrong key, but. Nice. Yeah, I gotta work on that selective, but it's gonna be 
So what? Who? That uh, sounded like a bunch of triplets played in succession. How does that? No, no, is that like a picking thing? Right. It's like hammer on. Yeah. Um, your 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 voice is now quiet because. Oh yeah, the mic's all the way. Yeah, you're selective about the notes you pick. Selective picking. Mm. Yeah, it's hammer on, then two picks. Yeah, I spent like fucking two hours trying to learn that technique on that riff, and so I, was, who, I got to like fifty percent. I was like, technique, Hell yeah. Where'd you guys learn about that technique? Who's using it? Uh, I mean. Toast and Abbasi made that shit popular. That sounds like a Tosin thing. I was definitely going to be like, oh, that's got to be but, Tosin. But Carson McWhirter, look this motherfucker up. Way, mm. way earlier. Like, way crazier selective picking. Carson, Carson McWhirter. Like, mm. crazy under the radar. Uh, I have not heard that name. Now, that's... Although, if, if you like guitar shit and you didn't know about that guy and you think Tosin rules... This is a guy. Shout out, got Thal. Hella is Shout nuts, out, send him. Yeah, dude, that's our boy, send him. Yeah. Hella is so nuts. I mean, I've <laughs> I've brought them up on the show before, but that's some crazy shit. Yeah. <laughs> Sick. With, I, without I, I, distortion, you hear that same exact. I feel like I. Yeah, same, the... yeah. Get in there. Dude. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about hitting up Ben, but. I I have the book. I know how to teach myself. It's just a matter of studying it, you know. But yeah, I, I do recommend other guitarists fucking get the Bible here, and get up to fifty percent. It's the best we'll ever make it to. So <laughs> just one percent per day, bro. That's all you need, dude. It's it's fucked, bro. Stupid <laughs> stupid riffage, but it all pays off. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Well. Let's see uh, if you guys are gonna play some more shit. I'm down. If not, I I I, I got nothing else. Play the fight riff. <laughs> <laughs> Make Noni play something. That's already some animosity, early animosity type shit. Did you ever listen to animosity? Yeah. <laughs> Make Noni play a song now. <laughs> make him. Yeah. You make him, not me make him. <laughs> nice. One of the new wormholes, right? Yeah, I recognize that shit. In C standard, though. Yeah, a little different. Yeah. Sounds a little different. <laughs> are you guys play C standard? No, uh, Inferi plays C standard, so all my sixes are in C standard now. Oh, I see. That's the Disgorge tuning. Yeah. Good that, shit. 
that fanned uh, fretboard is something so common to see now. And Whoa. everybody explains to me why it's better or whatever, but I always forget. I don't know why. You want more, you want the lower strings to be more attention. That's all it is. Because you do, if you do this, that tension is like sick. Also, if you drop tune, that ten, extra tension, you don't got to add a heavier string kind of thing. Mm. already tighter because there's getting stretched more well i'll try and remember that tomorrow dude because i'll probably forget and then ask (laughs) (laughs) tension extra tension on the top or the bottom the low strings uh some people call it this the top some people call it the bottom so low strings yeah i know there's those are at the top so more tension up top or on the low strings you're saying these this these tension on on your thinner strings is going to be like if you were playing a normal guitar. Twenty. How is how is your adaptation to like the top? Because the top looks like it's way more. Oh, it never unreal. ever bothered me. Oh, like, okay. Never sure. bothered me. I have pretty big hands area, too. It's pretty like most of the fretboard. It's yeah. Once it gets towards the middle, it looks kind of very similar. But I think also on those low side, notes at the top. Yeah, it never bothered me. I also have big hands, so it was like never an, an issue with that. But like, even like everybody's like, but do bar chords still work? And they definitely still work. And there was literally no adjustment to get them to work. Nice. Hell yeah. All right. I done, I've done my gear talk for the night, guys, right? <laughs> yeah. I got to go. I just got some. Uh... Lord of the Rings, Magic the Gathering cards. I got to go play with my wife. Oh, She's dude, my kids got. Super into Pokemon recently, dude, and now it's just like that's all they talk about now is Pokemon cards, dude. Hell yeah, dude! Let's all go to our respective families slash cards. We need to get uh, seven G's back on so we could do a Pokemon talk. Hell yeah, dude! All right, well, dude, this was a really fucking awesome episode. I had a great time tonight. Yeah, oh, look, you guys. Joel made ah. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, we love Joel too. He had a great time tonight, I'm sure. And rock on. We'll see him next week. But, um, dude, Noni and Sanjay, thank you so much for uh, being with us tonight, dude. Yeah, thanks I, for I, having I, us. I enjoyed yeah. uh, hearing about your guys' history, and Wormhole is a band that. If you're listening to this right now and you haven't heard them, what are you doing? Get get into the wormhole as soon as you can, dude. Let it just engulf you. And um, yeah, dude. Oh, rock on. We uh, got some of uh, the plugs. Oh yeah, the plugs. Um, Battleforge Coffee, as always. I'm too hot. Probably I shouldn't say it that loud. Scallydeathpodcast.bigcartel.com. <laughs> Um, oh, dude, I was almost going to say Chicago domination. Um, I talked to Miguel recently. We're still going to keep the partnership. And uh, when Texas domination happens, whoa, whoa, he, whoa. I don't know if that's really going to happen, but hey, he's moving to Texas. Why, why wouldn't I know? I know. He's already mentioned it in some, <laughs> some stuff. Maybe, maybe it'll happen. I shouldn't say when, if it happens you're going to see some Cali death podcast up in there too. All right. Um, love you guys. Um, wormhole. Where do, where do you want everybody to go again? Find you guys, follow you guys, buy merch, all that shit. 
uh wormhole slam on instagram wormhole tech slam on instagram uh we have the wormhole slam big cartel uh we have the new record coming out september 22nd on season of mist shout out to season of mist shout out to rob uh shout out to senum uh (laughs) go birds (laughs) (laughs) cool hell yeah guys well dude you guys are out of shit we're gonna we're gonna keep in touch no doubt um I had a great time. I already said that. And I, I I love all you guys in the chat. I love everybody who's listening to this post live. Um, if you want to interact live, come back to our twitch.tv um, and all that good shit. Have a great weekend. We love you guys. We'll see you next week as always. <laughs>